0: Devour the Podcast is for mature audiences only.
1: Here, here. Devour the Podcast. The Boogeyman is real. real. Yeah. And you found yeah. man tear your soul yeah. Yeah. Red, raw, raw. Red, raw. As you check children,
2: So everyone's a title of a good scare, that's scary, that's scary, that's scary. I love
1: those scary movies.
2: Don't you blame the movies, for the movies, yeah. movies
1: don't create psychos, psychos, movies make psychos, or creators.
3: She may call it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's Faygo. <laughs> <laughs> what, what?
2: a bunch of juggalos up there <laughs> no they were yeah, all in DC I,
0: I never ever ever see any juggalos which is funny because um yeah cause they were all in DC yesterday all, oh was that yesterday yeah oh that's right I'm sure did, that was yesterday I did know yeah that was I knew that was gonna be on my birthday <laughs>
2: <laughs> easy longer um I know um the greatest gift Jamie Jenkins ever got that's... a juggalo march on her birthday ugh <laughs> uh, God, I, <laughs> I what mean, the I fuck just, is happening in 2017? You know, a couple y'all. of
0: juggalos that are cool. Um, I don't know them personally, like just you know Twitter or whatever. But mm-hmm. for the most part, son of a bitch, like yeah. You
3: know, in fairness of all the groups that have marched recently, juggalos not the worst option. <laughs>
2: right, kind of okay with a bunch of you know, and apparently oh. they're they're united against the alt right, which is a weird a weird thing but hey, all
3: right hey man i'll I, I take our allies where we can get them right and if it's juggalos like hey I, 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 you know maybe i'm not confused by ma- how magnets work <laughs> but <laughs> that doesn't mean i can't respect my fellow juggalo brothers and sisters right uh
2: if, if they're gonna stand up and and fight against these uh fascist fucks then all right
3: right it, you know with that yeah yeah right enjoy what you want to enjoy you're not hurting anybody and if along the way you give a middle finger to a bunch of racist assholes all the better Yep. devour the podcast (laughs) firmly in the camp of juggalos we we, i i never i never thought we'd see the day
2: but here
3: we are and i i feel good about it i like
2: it all right well the hell of an intro welcome to devour the podcast episode 121 i'm your host david and along with me is jamie
0: yes i am and i am not a virgin so i'm
2: safe okay nope okay i would assume so
0: <laughs> i'm just saying
2: all right because movie i know i know i'm aware i was just making fun of you joining us as usual is both <laughs> fuck Juggalos Unite. Mr. Bo Ransdell.
3: Hey. What's up? He's also here. I am. What's shaking?
2: Oh, it's gonna be a good show. Yeah. I'm excited got, about this movie. Yeah. We got a we got a we got a fun movie to talk about. We got some fun news. We have some good questions. Oh, I haven't it was read Jamie's birthday yet. yesterday.
3: Yeah, happy birthday,
2: Jamie.
0: Thank you. I appreciate and that.
2: Not Bo's birthday. He's just a lazy fuck.
0: I'm telling you, it's like tradition at this point. It's, it it would, I think, it would confuse people if we fixed that even more. I know, right? It's so weird. But yeah, and thank you to everyone who reached out to me with the all the thoughtful well wishes, etc. It made my day that much brighter.
3: Yay! I got wished a happy birthday by people who have known me for many years (laughs) and should goddamn well know better. Like his mom. <laughs> oh, she really doesn't get either date. Uh, it's not really <laughs> oh, her bag. So you
0: got that honest? I get it. Okay. <laughs> See, Bo wouldn't remember it was my birthday if people didn't. If it wasn't also tied to his.
3: In in, that's in <laughs> fairness, that's a pretty good reason to keep the Facebook settings as they are.
0: It is. It is. That's why I don't encourage changing it. <laughs> because that's <what> I mean. <laughs> he, he would he would never. And this is the thing about Bo. Now, you have to know that. And I understand this. So it doesn't upset me because I get it. I mean, I get Bo. We've known each other for a very long time. And this is how Bo works. If it, you have to have at least two major things take place on a date before he that date becomes significant, you know. So although now that I have the juggalo march on Washington <laughs> tied into my birthday.
3: Maybe <laughs> I can move it. Yeah.
0: More, you know? Yeah.
3: Maybe I can finally move it to the right date. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's weird. I, I described it recently as for me, time happens like I'm a character from a vonnegut novel, where every like past, present, and future happen simultaneously, and I can't judge time very well. Uh, like I can tell you if an hour has passed but if you ask me what year something happened i i it's a total shot in the dark you know i got a, like a 1 in 43 chance if it happened while i was alive and other than that it's just all a mystery like the treaty again could have been in 4 bc or yesterday i don't know <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it, but that extends to dates as well, where, as Jamie said, unless there are two things that happen on a day that somehow are meaningful to me enough so that I remember it, then I don't, I don't remember birthdays or anniversaries or anything. I'm, I'm terrible. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, humans that I interact with who could potentially be offended by me not remembering a birthday and or day of remembrance of some sort it probably just isn't going to happen sorry unless it's Uh. on Christmas or (laughs) another holiday like that's why if I ever got married I would have to do it on like you know Arbor Day or something where it's like okay (laughs) now I know when I got married because it will never stick President's Day yeah, just anything, anything, like, as long as it's not one of them rotating like Thanksgiving bullshit oh, days yeah. where it's like, oh, it's the last Thursday in November. Like, oh, for God's sake, how about we just call it the 22nd and be done with it? Come hell right. or high water, whether it's a Tuesday or a Sunday, the 22nd of November is goddamn Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, shit. Yeah, and I know
0: that about you. I I get that. uh, I get that about you. So it never, ever upsets me because I I understand how it works. And so, which is why I encourage the Facebook thing stay in there just so.
3: (laughs) Yeah, well, in fairness, I don't expect other people to remember dates either. It's just they do. (laughs) And. (laughs)
0: Well, it's true. I mean, it would be a dick move if you never remembered anything, but then, like, if your birthday came, and that son of a bitch didn't remember my birthday,
3: we don't remember
0: anyone's birthday, so, you know, I mean, but you're not like that.
3: No, I'll forget my own birthday many times. Oh, yeah. Like, someone will have to tell me, like, oh, happy birthday, I'm like, what the fuck, oh, yeah, I guess it is, okay, Uh, but, you know. Yeah, so every
0: year when this rolls around, you're probably like, hey, it's my birth, oh, wait, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs)
3: yeah there is that like two and a half seconds of like was i born in september no okay no i wasn't but i'm (laughs) but i'm not convinced of that right away all right and and speaking of old man bullshit (laughs) i fell today oh jesus and uh like i'm not hobbled or nothing but i got one of them bruises on my arm that makes it look like i have been in some sort of like muay thai street fight
2: <laughs> holy shit
3: yeah yeah i just I, I mean it was one of those things just being stupid and clumsy and right. i just kind of took a tumble over the rail in front of my uh, in front of my house and i you know it, nothing major like i said i'm not you know limping around or nothing but holy god it looks terrible but it's <laughs> but it's kind of cool I like a good bruise, I'm not going to lie. All right, fair enough. It's like a scab. I like a good scab. <laughs> Been a while since I had one cuz I don't mm. ever do nothing.
2: Right. It's <laughs> a fall over your railing apparently. Right.
3: Like it's it's tough for me to get <laughs> wounded when most of my time is spent watching, you know, the Shiki anime. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a lot of life-threatening encounters in that situation although you got to move those blu-rays in and out of the playstation you probably get a cut
2: yeah yeah. those are pretty sharp (laughs) right and they're thick (laughs) deep too (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so um how have we been besides jamie's birthday yesterday jamie
0: i've been uh pretty well i've been pretty well. My, I have a schedule now that is more consistent. Yay. Um, I'm still working six days a week, but mm-hmm. it's all the same shift. So okay. um, I'm not bouncing around from, from graveyard to day shift,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which makes it very difficult for on my okay. body clock. So that's really good. I'm very happy. In the last couple of weeks, I've been doing strictly night shifts and it makes a huge difference So, I'm doing really well. Good. Also, it. it, Sorry. I was going to say it multiplies my podcast listening productivity. Ah. Which I am a fool for listening to podcasts these days, and I'm loving every second of it. I'm so excited.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. How about yourself, Mr. Ransdell?
3: I have been uh, fine. Uh, been a little busy, had, uh, had a, uh, so not so long ago, by which I mean a week ago today, uh, (laughs) my mom had a small stroke. Oh shit. Right. And, uh, I was once again, and and like in the grand scheme of things, if you were going to have a stroke, this would be the one I have. It was not, (laughs) it, it was not debilitating in the way that, a lot of of that kind of neurological event can be, uh, and she's going to make a full recovery and all that stuff. We're good. Yeah, right. So she, you know, she's back home. She's she's working her way through it. Um, but it had been a while since I got to fully appreciate firsthand the pace at which hospitals happen. <laughs> and no wonder there are so many goddamn horror movies set in hospitals where somebody just loses their nut. And just start stabbing the place up, because I wanted to do that after about the fourth hour. And I wasn't going to be, like, one of them picky murderers either, (laughs) where you just stab the pretty nurses and whatnot. I was just, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacring the waiting room of a hospital, (laughs) which, in fairness, would have been the place to do it. You know, yeah, yeah, medical attention right around the corner. Mm Mm-hmm. But speaking of chainsaws,
2: and I believe you also uh, hung out with uh, one of the Helming boys.
3: Oh yeah, I should mention this. So not just one of them, uh, both of them, all of oh, them. Oh okay. So yeah, uh, we <laughs> again because I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> I had uh, I'd picked up tickets to go see uh, that Suspiria print that's been traveling around the country, which I recommend right, seeing yeah. if you get an opportunity to. Saw that I Friday. I it. Uh, really, really interesting. Um, you know, I mean, it's a full Italian print, so they have to do what's called a, uh, uh soft captioning, mm-hmm. which means, uh, there is somebody projecting the subtitles onto the screen along with the film. It's not in- embedded into the, into the print. Right. And, uh, sometimes, uh, he got a little behind when we were watching it Friday night. Not, not a lot. I mean, it just, every you could tell a person was doing it. Is mm-hmm. the only thing, but it was, I, there was something that was kind of fun about that too. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I saw it Friday night. It, there was also a Saturday screening, uh, and then, uh, a bunch of folks from, uh, the Legion podcast family, uh, met up. There was, uh, uh, X from X and Cootie from, uh, food chain and kiss the goat were there and Danny and, uh, Ricky from hail Ming, uh, just a good old fashioned listener. Was there a guy named Dustin was just hanging out with us? Nice, uh, and uh, Jerry, who does a, a show for Horophilia, uh, and uh, his girlfriend came out, so yeah, yeah, it was a, you know, table full of us and uh, all, all kind of chit chatting and whatnot. It was uh, it was a real good time, and um, was it Jerry Herring? Yeah, sure was. Oh,
0: wow, okay, yeah. and Reese, yes, oh, very cool,
3: yeah, yeah, it was a real good time, it, you know, we kind of walked away from it saying like, we absolutely should do this uh, again very soon. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was great. I, I, you know, somebody had said like, well, if we'd had more notice, uh, you know, maybe we'd have taken a trip to Nashville. And I was like, eh, it seems like I floated this balloon a while back. Maybe I need to do it again. i just saying like, Hey, like some, somebody threw up an idea for a city and let's all meet there for a weekend. Hmm. Um, someplace in the middle of the country or something like, like, <laughs> Detroit. yeah,
0: no, no, no one should ever do that. Oh.
2: <laughs> Murder capital of the world. <laughs> Come out to San Francisco. You guys, but, it's super um, cool,
0: but, uh, actually someplace in Michigan would be very cool. There are a lot of, there are a lot of Michiganders out there in podcast listening world. I discovered, hmm I had no idea.
3: Yeah, I didn't even know Michigander was uh, a thing. I
0: didn't either until Brian. But until just now. <laughs> when I was in college, I was a I was friends with a girl who was from Michigan, and they all she and her family called Michiganders. They called them guineas. And
3: I so, think it's just like, Italian people. Yeah,
0: no, that's I not mean, cool. For them, it was specifically Michigan people. Like, that's what they called other Michigan people. And
1: uh-huh. Brian has
0: never heard that. So, uh, and he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You made that up. And I'm like, I did not make. But if we did, if you did do California one, there's a, uh, Mike is not too far from you. Right, David? Yeah. He? He's so- up in
2: Sacramento. Yeah. He's uh that's a few hours from me. Um, But that's, I could get out there. I think. Greyhound and Capital Corridor or something goes out there. Some th- there is a way to get out there by train. It's supposed to be really nice.
0: We could do like a regional thing, like where Bo handles the Southeast and Eastern portion, and I could do like the Midwest portion, and David could do the West Coast.
2: I don't think there's that many of us on the West Coast, though. I think it's just me and Merriman. Oh. <laughs> it's gonna be the it's gonna be the saddest photos. The two of us sitting at a table. <laughs>
0: No, there are other people out there, aren't there? I feel <laughs> I don't
1: know.
3: Although I, now that you say that, I still kind of want to see what that looks like.
2: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit!
3: What about you, David? How about you? How have you been? I can't uh, ask questions to people today. Sorry. I, apparently,
2: um, I've been good. Working. Um, went and saw it, which we'll talk about when we get to the what we've seen portion of the show. Um Oh, got the new V D Clinic out, which is um super good. We covered Django and the Gunslinger, and I'm really happy about that episode. I think it turned out really well. I was much more much more energized for that episode and was actually really I really love that movie. And that book is real fucking good. So that was super fun. That's available on Legion Podcast, everybody. Go download that.
3: Yeah. Legion Podcast
2: Thank you everybody who has downloaded that show uh, cuz I we hadn't seen the numbers when we recorded that episode. You're welcome. So, I got to see the numbers for the last month of VD and I was like, "Holy shit." Cuz it was it's pretty good. Like at first it was like, "Oh wow, that's not bad." And then I was like, "Oh wait, no, this is like a brand new show that has like four episodes out." And I was like, "Oh fuck. That's really good."
0: It's so. a very in- it's a very enjoyable show. I like it. Thank you. So, yeah, others it's, it's, others should like it as well
2: it's a nice change of pace for me um, compared to doing this show, you know, which is obviously much more focused on horror and, you know, that sort of thing. And it's nice to be able to branch out and bullshit about other stuff. And
0: Yeah. And Vanessa's real books. smart.
2: Yeah. Yeah, she is.
0: Yeah. Turns I out we to... have a lot of good shows on this network.
3: I know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. As it happens, there's some, there's some good shit floating around uh, the old, Legionpodcasts.com. yeah, available on the internet,
2: <laughs> <And> the <laughs> iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, whatever the fuck it's called now.
0: You would also have noticed too that I see frequently with shows on this network, and I love it. Is that you know how every like at the end of a show, you know, you'll fr- frequently say, and my shows do it too, where like whichever network they're on, they'll say, you know, we're a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. Mm -hmm. Most of the shows on this network then go on to say, please check out, uh, there are other shows on Legion Podcast. And I like that because that is, it's a sense of community. Mm. And I just, it feels good. I I really like the fact that people are are very proud of other shows on the network and, you know, willing to push them out there. It's like, it's, you know, Mm -hmm. it's nice.
1: Yeah.
2: No, I don't think the, to you know praise our, the listeners not only just of our show but of the other Legion shows is that we have a really I'm speaking of course about Legion as a group we have a really good uh, listener base like people who are really interesting and actually very thoughtful and there's not a whole lot of dumb arguments going on in any of the no we have a I've seen.
0: we have a low number of what Brian and now I refer to as nipple heads <laughs> Nice. Which are those yeah. people? <laughs> which are those people that you cannot get into a conversation with because it will always end in an argument, and then you have mm. to like pull yourself out. Uh, like I was talking about on a, on a show of I think it might have been the last episode when I was like, you know, I I got mired in yeah. to an argument somewhere, and I had to just like pull out, pull out. Uh, we don't get that a lot uh, mm. with within the Legion community, and I oh my god, I appreciate that, you know. Yeah. It's and not. And very it is.
2: They are very respectful, and I like that we're able that I can, you know, we can make jokes and stuff, and I can swoop in and make fun of Duncan periodically or whoever else, and get my shit posting in there. And then every now and again, I'll drop in and you know drop some actual thoughtful commentary on something, and then go back to shit posting. It's great. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and
0: it, like Duncan and Bo specifically uh, are always safe to make fun of, which is right. <laughs> which is great because I don't know, it just. It cracks me up because whenever I'm like, whenever I'm posting something smart ass and I'm just like, I kind of alternate. It's like, am I making fun of, Bo? Oh, am I making fun of Duncan? Am I making fun of, <laughs> or David, because the other mm-hmm. day I made a smart ass comment about you,
2: but. Um, yes, you did. <laughs> well, I think it's because we, we've. But it's all good natured and. Yeah. Everybody gets I think it's because we've all sort of been here forever and we've all, that's just the the dynamic we've developed as on our, on our various shows and with our listeners is that yeah? We all kind of bust each other's balls, and it's like yeah, we're all yeah. fair game. It's like yeah, we're 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 hosts of a show, but it doesn't make us better than the people who are listening to us. It's like no, a fucking person too. You can make fun of me; it's fine.
0: Yeah, and that's I, I love it. Oh, yeah. by the way, before I forget, hmm. yes. I owe an apology to John Rhodes. Yep, you do. And I told him I was going to retract my statements from the last episode, and I mean that. I I am a woman of my word. If and if I mess up, I am the, I will be the first one to tell you when I get caught. Um, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. no, I nailed him for not cause you know there was the whole thing about where I thought he was just like sending us a barrage of questions, but he never actually listened to the answers. So, mm-hmm. uh, I threw out the challenge. I'm like, look, if you're listening, if you actually are listening to these shit ton of questions you keep posting, then you tell me deal pickles and He never did at the time. And so Mm -hmm. last episode, I was just like, I'm not answering his questions anymore. And then I proceeded to answer the question. But um, (laughs) then he actually did. He reached out and he said, by the way, Dill Pickles. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, you do. And and he resurrected
2: an old group chat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just to nail that home.
2: Yeah, and
0: uh, <laughs> so, I think he was just
2: behind on episodes.
0: Uh, yeah, he, it turns out. Yeah, he was, and you know, life happens, and I get mm-hmm. that. So, uh, so yeah, I, John, I owe you an apology. You actually do come through. You actually are out there, and I appreciate that, and I love you, and uh, thank you for for answering back, you know, and and letting me know you are out there. But yeah, I uh, I, I promised I would. I would make good on that. So I'm making good. All
3: right. It's about all time.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we only record once a month. It's.
2: <laughs> I know, right? Okay, so we all saw it. So let's go ahead and rabbit fire the other stuff we saw. And then we'll get into discussing it. Because I know that's going to be a thing that needs to be discussed. Because duh. So Jamie, what have you seen?
0: Lately, I have been watching Mr. Mercedes, the show, the Stephen oh, King yeah. show that's on the Audience Network. Have either of you guys gotten to check that out? No. Oh my goodness, Brendan Gleason and Treadaway. I can't remember the guy's first name. Is it Jeff? Is it what? Um, shoot, somebody Treadaway, the guy who plays the uh, Mr. Mercedes, killing it. Oh, it is so good. It is such a good show. And I am not familiar with this novel. I just dis- this is one of the later ones that I haven't read. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what to like. I have no expectations. I have no idea what's going to happen. And I am just enjoying the shit out of it. It is very, very good. And uh, so I'm I'm very pleased. I mean, Stephen King, uh, apart from Dark Tower, is having a very good year. Yeah. So um, we've also got Journey. Ger- girls game coming up which I'm very excited about. So Yeah,
2: that looks real good.
0: He's just having a kickass year and I'm loving that. So this show is really good. I I know that it's kind of because it's the Audience Network, a lot of people don't even know about it and a lot of people can't get it on their cable because I think it's specifically think it's ATT. AT&T. Yeah. yeah. But if you can get a hold of it, I recommend it because it is very good. I don't think you'll be disappointed at the amount of effort that you have to go through to, to be able to watch it because it's very good.
1: Nice.
0: Um, um, the There's also American Horror Story has started back up. Mm-hmm. And Sarah Paulson, oh my goodness, I love the shit out of her. That <laughs> woman can act Ah, she's just she, bless her heart. Like, I just I feel her terror on a weekly basis. And Evan Peters just nails it every fucking time. I mean, this guy, I am so happy that American Horror Story came along just so I was introduced to him as an actor. And I hope that he branches out and does a lot of other stuff because he's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, So I'm enjoying that the. the Oh, and then Carrie Fisher's daughter—I cannot remember her first name ever—but um, Fisher. <laughs> she is. Um, she has this whole deadpan delivery that she did, that she was doing on uh, Scream Queens when she was on, on that show, and it, basically she's she's playing like the same character. So I have to wonder: like, is that just her? Like, is that? How she just walks around in daily life. She just <laughs> delivers everything. Just very you know, straightforward, monotone. But I like it. So, you know, it's okay. Uh, she's she's fun too. I am enjoying that a lot. So we've been trying to watch. Uh, we've been watching a lot of TV lately. Try- because of evil episodes. And we all this stuff is starting to come back uh, for mm-hmm. fall. So we've been like nailing a lot of TV lately. Um, Movie wise, of course, we went to go see. It. I haven't gotten to go see Mother yet, but I want to. Uh, I'm a big Aronofsky fan, so I'm I'm curious about that. I'm hearing a lot of uh, people are all over the place about that movie. So, mm-hmm. which I, it that's doesn't really surprise Aronofsky, me. right? Right. It doesn't surprise me. So, um, I've got a couple of people who are like, "You're gonna love it," if you know. I like you i can't wait to talk to you about it duncan being one of them and then you've got and then i've got willis who was like it's crap <laughs> so,
1: I'm like, well,
2: which I... least surprising uh <laughs> review ever right <laughs> willis doesn't like an art art house uh, movie. <laughs> news at uh, 11 sorry willis i'm just busting your balls
0: i honestly can't i'm i can't think of anything i know i have uh well yesterday for my birthday birthday i watched bloody birthday and happy birthday to me which is a nice. sort of a tradition and other than that i'm drawing a blank on movies i know we've bloody just birthday
2: did... is the one with the killer kids right
0: yes okay yeah. so not only is it a birthday movie which i enjoy but it's an evil kid movie which <laughs> uh just
2: is the bonus yeah and then we did we did happy birthday for, to me on uh, Devour. Uh, a couple yeah. of years ago. That feels yeah. right. And, yeah. yeah, it was part of Jamie's um, slash retrospective.
3: Yeah, that seems like a thing that happened.
2: Yeah, because you did, because uh, the the series after that was your underwater horror movies. Oh,
3: right.
0: Right, yeah, where we did Deep Star Six and Leviathan, mm-hmm. etc. Deep
3: Deep Rising, yeah, deep Rising, one of the greatest films ever made. Deep Rising, yeah,
2: that and Leviathan were both really good, and then Deep Star Six was just the thing underwater. Yeah, and not a good <laughs> version, <laughs> and of not it a very good version of the thing underwater. Is that it for you, Jamie?
0: I think so. I, I'm I know there's other stuff, but right, I,
2: yeah. Jamie okay. Jenkins, this later, so Jamie, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'll wait to see what you guys have watched, and I'm sure I've watched something of the, some of those
2: as well. <laughs> All right, Bo, what have you watched?
3: Uh, I have three worthy of mention here. Um, okay. One is uh, Savage Lands, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a found footage backdoor zombie movie. And I don't mean backdoor zombie like the sexy kind. It just (laughs) it does not present itself as a zombie movie. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is a zombie movie. Um, But but done like if if Lake Mungo and Night of the Living Dead had a baby. It would kind of be this movie, but it's not nearly as good as that. It's still worth a look. It just doesn't stick the landing very well, which is something you really gotta do with a found footage film, I think. Yeah. And uh it doesn't quite get there, but there's enough stuff that I thought was interesting. And because uh the, the premise of the movie is that this town is essentially slaughtered uh that that sits on the border between the United States and Mexico there's one survivor who is an illegal alien who is charged with all the murders. And the the movie is essentially a documentary style film about like, Hey, there is no way he could have done this by himself, but what really happened there. And it, it so it's kind of interesting uh, at any rate. So uh, if you get an, uh, an opportunity, Savage lands, uh, it was available on Amazon uh, instant uh, Amazon Prime, if you got that, um, I saw Sion Sono's Tag, hmm. uh, which is one of I don't know one of the four or five movies he's directed in the past year. Uh, but Tag is good, Sion Sono. It is weird. It, uh, the basic premise of the movie is a girl is on a uh, school bus on uh, going to a trip. And a, a mysterious wind slices the school bus in half along with all of her classmates. And she flees the scene of this gruesome event only to find herself in another high school with friends around her who don't seem to think anything has happened. And as the movie goes on, you realize that she is kind of shifting between realities. And it is it's really interesting. It is. There are moments that are like, man, Sian Sono just loves Japanese girls, panties. And then you realize, then you realize that that's kind of the point of the mu- movie in a way. And that there's a strangely feminist message couched in all this. Uh, anyway, really interesting movie. And, it, uh, again, that that's on, um, us Netflix. So, uh, and, and for Sean Sono, relatively short film, it's only about 90 minutes long and Sono, Sono likes to take his time. He likes to breathe. So this is a, a pretty quick one from him, but I, w- I would highly recommend it. And, um, uh, finally I saw, uh, the Belco experiment, um, which I had, uh, I've been meaning to get around to for a while. Uh, I like James Gunn a lot and, uh, obviously, uh, what's his name? Greg McLean. The uh director of Wolf Creek also directed this. So mm-hmm. it had a yeah, it had a really interesting pedigree. And that movie is super fun. As long as you don't go into it expecting much it more is. than that, it's it's great. Yeah, I'll, I mean I'll it's like,
0: very it's it's exactly what you expect it to be, I think, but it's really fun in how it gets there. Yeah. And surprisingly gory. I
3: very, yes.
0: When we saw that in the theater and I was just like, I just had this big stupid smile on my face the whole time because it was just people getting splattered left and right. And uh, I was like, yeah, which really shouldn't have surprised me with with James Gunn's involvement. But um, yeah, it was it was uh, I thought it was really fun. Good cast. Really good cast.
3: Very good cast. And some of whom I feel are a little wasted in the movie because they don't have that much to do. But they what there is to do, they do well. um uh yeah, i and I'm curious uh, the the ending would certainly suggest a sequel, and I would be kinda down for that um based on how they set it up. so uh, and okay. then I saw I saw it twice. so uh, David, what have you seen recently?
2: Uh, right, I saw Fight Club, which I apparently was retarded well no I was a teenager was yeah, I was a teenager when I remember early twenties when I saw it and I never realized that was a fucking satire. Holy shit that movie's hysterical. Wow, what did Tyler you Durden what did you
0: think it, it was?
2: <laughs> um when I saw it the first time I thought it was I was still in that phase where that kind of bullshit nihilism was super cool to me and I totally thought Tyler Durden was awesome. And now as an adult I'm like, oh wow, that's real dumb. That's real fucking dumb.
1: <laughs> okay. Alright.
2: Yeah. I get you. Um I also watched Brick, which is a really good uh modern noir that is a really great enjoy.
3: movie yeah
2: and i actually might suggest that for uh november on for witches show now that i think about that does <clears throat> that movie fucking rules
3: man there is a scene in that film uh it, it's when joseph gordon levitt yes uh, is, is that who stars on that it's been a mm-hmm. while well since i've seen it. ryan johnson yeah. wrote and directed it um when he's meeting up with uh, Lucas Haas at his house.
2: Oh, yeah. And
3: they're sitting across like this dining room table from one another. And it's this very cat and mouse kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. And then the mother interrupts to bring them cookies. Yeah. And it is one of those like, like moments of juxtaposition that that movie pulls off brilliantly a yeah. handful of times. It's, oh, that movie's so good.
2: Yeah. I do, I do really love that it it's playing a fairly straightforward noir story in high school with all of the usual noir trappings and dialogue kind of things. And I love that about that movie. Yeah. Because it, it pulls it off. So well, and it, there's this, there's moments like that. And when, or when the pug tries to threaten him with the, you know, chicken pitcher and you're just like, really bro? Really? You're going to whack him with a chicken pitcher.
3: Yeah. But, but that's kind of the genius of that movie is it, it take like high school itself is such an overly dramatic experience right. and all the emotions because of all the hormones and the psychology right. of teenagers and blah, 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 blah. Uh, because of all that stuff, being in high school feels like the most important thing that will ever happen to you when you're in high school right. and taking the melodrama of noir into that setting is one of those things that is so simple in its genius. You wonder why no one had ever done it before. Right. And that just Ryan Johnson was the guy who was smart enough to get it right.
2: Yeah. And, oh, that movie is good. Oh,
3: now I think I'm going to watch brick later.
2: (laughs) Nice. Um, I also watched the American death note, uh, Adam Wingard's Netflix film.
0: Oh, we watched that.
2: Um, and that's I it. yeah that's on my plate for tonight i haven't watched yeah, it yet he was good um i
0: liked it too i don't understand all the hate um and i'm like a big fan i never actually watched the anime because okay. it's like 37 episodes i never did but i was yeah. a i always enjoyed which to be fair gets a lot of hate as well but the original japanese live live action movies yeah, like the, I've seen the series
2: the of first three two
0: i always really liked those so I was looking forward to this. I actually still like those better, but I thought this was pretty good. And um, people are just like, "Oh, I thought Willem Dafoe's voice was perfect."
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was really good as Ryuk. Yeah, um, it was. It was. Uh, I really liked the guy who right. played L. Um, the kid who played Light was good. I, and here's the thing: so I, I, I did watch the anime. I've seen the whole fucking thing. It's real goddamn long, but it's good. The, the 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 two Japanese movies condense a lot of the plot of the of the series into those two movies, um, and that's fine. They're they're all right. They're not great movies, but they're pretty good. Uh, I like that this one didn't try to just retell the Japanese story. It just took the the major, the, you know, the basic plot points that you need. You know, Ryuk dropping the Death Note and you know a kid picking it up, yada yada. Um... And made it work for an American story. Like I like that Light wasn't a super genius and you know 15 steps ahead every time. And then and there's a lot more cat and mouse in the series, which Jesus Christ, at, that, at points it gets fucking tedious. How Light is outsmarting L and, and L's outsmarting him. It's oh, oh my God, that fucking series. So here's a here's a fun tidbit, folks. Anime typically has a really bad habit of just fucking wasting a shitload of time right in the middle of the series. padding it out for like four or five episodes and you're just like why am i watching this shit still and then it starts getting good again and then it ends you're like okay that's why death note did that it was fucking frustrating um well yeah i think the actors were all really good um i think the mia character makes kind of make sense i mean you had to to, her character in the in the that character in the japanese version was kind of awful anyway um just in general but it was it least she made she at least kind of had more motivation in this one i guess and kind of made sense especially when she talks about it at the end and i don't want to spoil it for 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 you bo um but i do like the i thought the ending was actually really good and handled really well um, yeah i
0: i agree with that
2: i actually kind of like to see another one it was uh pretty fun and it was pretty damn gory that was pretty fun too yeah the it was i en-
0: i enjoyed that uh, especially the well like in the early um yeah, the well, there was like
2: decapitated. A, was great yeah
0: yeah that was it, fantastic. It, it
2: was it had it it felt more like it felt more like a horror movie than the japanese death note like the japanese death note feels much more like a dramatic you know kind of crime story this one felt much more like a horror movie and kind of had a, a little hints of final destination in a sense just in the way of sort of seeing how how the deaths were gonna happen, oh yeah, um,
0: we actually brought actually Brian I think was the one that brought
2: that up first it was uh very um he's
0: like, oh, here we go with the Rube Goldbergs <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was very uh it, it was but it was kind of cool it I en- yeah. I enjoyed that aspect of it, it yeah. was
2: fun yeah so that was a it's a good movie I liked it um, and I also saw it this past weekend or Yay. last weekend. That's, that's Everybody wonder. and
1: their
0: brother has seen it, and that makes me so happy.
2: I know, right? That movie's made of a jillion dollars. I'm sure we have a couple of news stories about it. So
0: wait, Jamie Jenkins.
2: Oh shit!
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: real quick, I did. It. I did real because well, because this is the thing that happened. What happened was Brian. Uh, Brian. Bo was talking about uh, watching. I'm no. I'm sorry. Yeah, Bo was talking about watching Savage Lands, and you mentioned it was mm-hmm. on Prime. Which made me think of Prime, which made me think of what we watched on Prime, which was uh, recently I have been waiting because they have a lot of riff tracks on Prime and we've watched most of them. And I have been waiting and waiting and waiting for Birdemic to hit free for Prime members. And um, so it finally did a couple weeks ago. and. Uh, I was like, yes! So we watched the Riff Trax version of Birdemic Shock and Terror, which is amazing. It is so hilarious. I mean, that movie is just... I mean, it's one of those... It's low-hanging fruit. I mean, you—it it is not hard to make fun of that movie. But those guys really do make it so much more enjoyable to watch. And uh, so I recommend that highly. If um, um, If you've never seen the movie... That is definitely the best way to watch it. It's a mo- It makes it much more palatable. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So that was another thing.
2: Yeah, nice. Okay, so we're going to talk about it. We're going to spoil it because obviously. Um, although I think most people who listen to this have probably at least seen the miniseries or read the book. So it's not really in... Anyway, whatever, we're going to spoil the fucking movie. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, then jump ahead I guess I'll put in timestamps in the uh show notes um all right so I'm the one with probably the most contentious opinions here but let me throw this out first I think the movie was fine and I think it was at least a solid B and I still have some complaints about it, however um but um I actually I did like um I think Bill Skarsgård was fantastic um I think my biggest complaint was he didn't get enough dialogue because I think he was really, really good at, when he had dialogue, and it kind of gave the character more presence and, you know, actually got to be a personality instead of just fucking scary clown. Um, and he had a couple of funny moments, which were very few and far between. Um, like when he waves the the severed hand at Mike, it was pretty funny. And then, like, when he's attacking Eddie and he's just, like, fake biting at his hand, it was hysterical. Yeah. And I was like, I would love more of that, please. Um, I really liked Eddie. I think he stole the show. He was a great little actor. Um, I loved Bev. She was great. Um, no, he was shot really well. That was great. Um, I think the painting was pretty good. Like the CG at times was a little dodgy on it, but I think the, the eventual payoff with it was pretty neat. Um, and a nice way to give that poor character some poor Stan, something else to do in that movie because he barely did anything um yeah <laughs>
3: is that it are you
2: done is it yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh, like i said there's a lot of things that frustrate me about the movie um namely the okay so the, the rock fight sucks that was bad um and I don't know why they even bothered to include it cuz it So my my biggest problem with this movie is that I feel like it almost misses the point of the story in that you know it is about childhood and imagination and that sort of the adults don't understand what kids are going through thing and all the the transition between childhood and adulthood yeah 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 but imagination plays a huge role in the story and that just completely gets kind of thrown out in this movie like it gets we get one hint of it at the very end when Bill pulls the trigger on the gun even after Mike tells him it's empty which holy shit why the fuck did they just rip out all of Mike's storyline in this movie he shows up at the very beginning doesn't show up till another like halfway through the movie and then fucks off again till the end what why that was real bad um yeah i felt like the characterization of a lot of the kids wasn't great Like the bullies, especially, they just had no real character other than here's this group of bullies that you should know if you've seen the the uh, TV movie or you read the book. And it was the I felt like I was filling in a lot of plot points because I'd read the book because I just felt like oh, you're introducing this character, but I don't have any other frame of reference for who this person is or why they're important other than because I read the book. Although I did, I did kind of chuckle at Belch's uh, Anthrax shirt. I appreciated the Among the Living. Uh, fun fact, that song's about the stand. So that's a kind of, that's a fun little, that was a nice little, you know, wink at the, uh, the Stephen King fans. But um, yeah, I wasn't crazy about um, going back to Neibolt Street for that to be where the lair is. I actually kind of was hoping they would actually just go back into the sewers, like through the barrens the barons that don't appear in the movie barely. Um, yeah, it was, it was fine. I think some of the scares were good. Um, I did think the, the bit with the, in the basement with uh, Pennywise sort of using Georgie as a puppet was kind of cool and creepy. Um, but then he ran at the screen screen screaming and they were blaring noise and that's not scary. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's, I think that was kind of kind of one of the, the big bigger things that bugs me. Not just as, you know, but besides, just I have a very close attachment to this book and I really love it. And I was hoping for it to be more the adaptation I was hoping for, and it wasn't. Um, not nearly as upset as I was when I walked out of Carrie. After that, holy shit, was I pissed about that movie. Um, but I think the tonally it's kind of off because on the one hand it we've got the very eighties aesthetic and it gets that vibe, right? But all of the scares feel modern and that feels very out of place, you know, cause we're getting the big, loud jump scare noises and you know, the weird shaky cam shit. Every time Pennywise comes to the screen, which was weird and kind of frustrating. And I, I get the, I get the idea that it was supposed to be like a disorienting effect, but it kind of didn't work for me. Um, and then the ending was real dumb i'm sorry them just beating the shit out of it with pipes and stuff was real dumb and the literal floating corpses around the okay the 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 tower of of like trophies and stuff like that was cool i actually really dug that i thought that was a cool visual the floating bodies was kind of dumb and yeah well, I
3: agree with some of that uh, right. so i'm I'm basically in the same camp because what we're talking about is what's essentially a a good movie that has its flaws yes and and like that's the thing i I want to emphasize is that, yes, all my complaints with it, and I've got some I like. Uh, The floating kids doesn't bother me because I thought the little bits of body parts floating amidst them was kind of fun and implied the story of just like, hey, every now and again, it just like yanks one of these things down and nibbles on it and tosses it back up there. Uh, I think that's kind of creepy and cool. Um, uh, You know, the, yeah, it suffers from some of that loud music James Wan scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time like that garage scene i thought was really effective uh i I enjoyed that quite a bit i liked Uh, it
2: up until he came out of the wall
3: see i thought that was real and and i and
2: i know and i know i know a lot of people were really into that i just storyline wise it doesn't make sense because if he can do that why didn't he just kill them all then
3: I but i always thought that was more of seasoning that he couldn't well, really yeah. kill them at that I, point I, it was just sure, i'm going to it, scare them and
2: which and get the but, flavor but, good right but i mean in in the book and in the, the the miniseries he actually talks to them which i kind again i wanted more fucking dialogue out of, out of pennywise like if he had come out of that screen and said something to them I, that would have been great
3: right but that's also the sign of being able to do that, uh, that kind of character in moderation, because the thing you don't want is there was way too much goddamn Pennywise in this movie. Like it's one of those things where you want it. And, and I think you're right. I think it could have done with a couple of more scenes of him being a little more animated and a little more vocal, but you also have to be very careful not to cross that line. And I I think you want to err on this side of it, but I agree with you in principle uh, because the scenes like when he's talking to Eddie, and mm-hmm. you know, like it, even him doing that kind of dainty little walk towards Eddie, uh, when he comes out of the cupboard,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
3: I think is real cool. And and the scene with Georgie in the sewer, like that's the big litmus test for me. Yeah, that, I mean, that was a,
2: that was great
3: when you're watching this movie for the first time and you see that you know the paraffin covered boat slip into the storm drain, the first thing you think is like. Don't fuck this up. this is yeah. this is a classic moment, both both the book and the mini series Got this right. Yeah. So don't fuck it up. And they don't. It's really good, and it's really creepy. And there's something about the fact that one of Pennywise's eyes is never quite right
1: mm-hmm. that I
3: really like and that how he drools and that he's just kind of this gibbering, hungry, you know gleefully yeah. evil thing
2: and i yeah. like and I, and uh, the the sort of the subtle the very kind of a subtle moment when he when he's introducing himself and he says his name a second time and he goes pennywise yeah or something like that and it's just sort of like even he, it's like you it, it's clear that even it's trying to like Settle into this this skin it has. Yeah, it's like, oh yeah, Pennywise. Like, yes, that's right. Pennywise. Like, that's what I am. I'm this I'm this clown, and like, I have to, you know. And then like, he really gets into the. I I fucking love that opening sequence. It's fucking great, which is why I was so frustrated. that The rest of the movie wasn't as good. Yeah, it it, it like <laughs> I said, I
3: you know I got my complaints with it, but I've seen it twice now, right? Uh, especially on the second viewing, knowing. Knowing what to expect from the film. Right.
2: And I am. One of my co-workers said the same thing.
3: Yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot more for what it was as opposed mm. to all the things it was. And I agree. I think that Mike is woefully underserved in this movie.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, uh, I don't you
2: know. know why they gave his storyline to Ben. I yeah, I guess because then
3: because then he doesn't Ben doesn't have the thing where he builds the thing in the Barons and they right, the love the, it and right. But also he's still got the love triangle story exactly. And and I, I, I yeah. I, I also
2: know. didn't really like the kid who played uh, Bill. Like I just didn't buy him as Bill.
3: Uh, although that little uh, Finn Wolfhard as Richie was the perfect combination of, will you shut the fuck up and also very funny at times. And I I like that, that character to me was kind of pitch perfect because even in the book, there are times where you're just like, well, I wish Richie would just shut his mouth. (laughs) And and that's how I felt about this character. But there were also at least four or five lines he had that made me laugh.
2: And, and he did have some funny dialogue. Um, But yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think I'm, I think I was leaning more towards the will you please shut the fuck up, Richie. Um and kind of being annoyed by him at times. And the You can't have Pennywise say beep beep Richie if you haven't set that up. God I, damn it.
3: Yeah, that that's real frustrating to me. That was real frustrating. Uh but that uh God, what's her what's her name? Sophia Lilia? Something like that. Let me find the actual name of this young lady who plays
2: oh, uh, who played
3: uh, yeah Sophia Lillis is her name holy she's shit really good holy, holy shit, shit yeah. she's gonna be a star the camera loves yeah. that girl
2: yeah oh. she was fucking fantastic
3: yeah there that there, it's there's a moment um where she winks at Ben mm-hmm. that is one of the like oh shit it was like god damn you're gonna be a star there mm-hmm. there is some kind of charisma that that girl has um, she's probably about like 11 years old, but holy shit, she's gonna be a big deal. Yeah. Um, 15 is how old she is. She's gonna wow. be. Oh my goodness, she's gonna she's gonna be something. I think.
2: Yeah, I think so. She was really really good.
3: Yeah, um, and that
2: God has racked up. Uh,
3: that that was her fourth feature film. No, third damn. feature film. Uh, but she was in uh, Julie Taymor's A Midsummer Night's Dream. And anyway, uh, we don't need to go through her career, but but she's gonna be a big star, is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, 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 definitely.
0: Okay, is it my turn? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, I absolutely loved it, and you guys are on crack. I it's just I the mean, most I...
2: surprising review anyone has ever heard.
0: I get what. I get, no, I think yours was, (laughs) because (laughs) I don't think there's a person out there who didn't expect that from you. (laughs) I'm just, I'm I'm messing with you, but, um, but, uh, it's, I mean, I, and I'm not saying I don't get what you're saying and I do, and and I'm not saying that you're wrong. I, I just, I think that there are so many good things about this movie that I don't even care uh, uh, about the the things that you that I could nitpick if I wanted to, but I or you know like say, well, I guess this bothered me. I, don't, I really don't fucking care. I mean, from the moment I sat down and they and that kid's arm got ripped straight the fuck off, <laughs> and that kid was dragged screaming his brother's name into the sewer.
2: Yeah, that was super intense. I
0: mean, it was horrific. Yeah my heart broke because that's a little kid. And by the way, no one really talks about him as an actor, yeah. but no, yeah, George fucking was fucking fantastic. he was so good. I mean, he's such yeah. a little kid and for him to be able to just convey that terror, I mean, damn. And it went, one thing I really loved about that scene was the how they kept cutting back to the cat mm-hmm. and uh, there was just a cat watching, you know, and it's just a cat, you know, but something about that, uh, the, the fact that there was a witness, even though it was not a human witness and not one who can, you know, say anything or help in any way, mm-hmm. it just, to me made it that much more horrifying, you know, cause something, someone is actually, something is actually aware this is happening and they're just sort of right. watching in passiveness. I don't know, but it, it's
2: that's kind of a, I guess that's a, it could be taken as a metaphor for the adults of the town. Well, it, yeah, that's, that kind exactly, of me that that's
0: exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. it um, Really address the, the
2: adults of the town particularly. Um,
0: now, that is something that I did really like about the miniseries where yes. Beverly talks about how... Um, although she didn't really approach that until the second, the adult part of the miniseries. Right. So maybe that's something they'll bring up later on, which I w- would like them to do. Because I thought that that was a really good aspect was that the, the adults in the town were sort of implicit.
1: Yeah.
0: And they... Or I'm sorry, complicit. When am I talking? Um, <laughs> like they, they were often
2: aware of what was happening and just oh, did, yeah, nothing ab- be- did nothing about it. That's because it had its power, had taken right. over the town. And so I swear I- to God, if part two do- fucks up the destruction of dairy, I will burn that theater to the goddamn ground. <laughs>
0: So I hope that they do address that. Um, They didn't really hear. But then, like I said, the the thing that this did was they, you know, we have no idea about the adults in this one. Uh, Mm It is solely focused on the kids, which I do like. Uh, We recently we did rewatch the miniseries on, I think, Sunday after watching the movie on Mm -hmm. every day we saw the movie. But we then I was like, well, I really want to watch the miniseries now. So we did. And there are some things about the miniseries that I that I do like that I, mm-hmm. I think they did well. And yeah. I kind of like the fact that they did the whole back and forth flashback thing. But then at the same time, I'm really interested in this approach and I, I like the fact that we got to spend as much time as we did with the kids. Also in the in the eighties, which I think I think they got it so right that not only do does it feel like a movie that's supposed to take place in the 80s to me, it felt like an authentic movie from the 80s to me. And there are several scenes that were ripped, I mean, just in my brain, could have been ripped right out of an 80s film. And one of those was with Bowers, where he... Whoa, by the way, oh my God, Henry Bowers, another actor that was fucking phenomenal. He... I mean, because he was a shit. You know, you expect him to be a shit, but this this portrayal of this character had so much depth, where I could feel him, uh, like uh, his. I mean, like he's he's an asshole, like, and I hated him, and like he was going to shoot a cat, which you know, for me, automatically means you can burn in hell, and actually, I'll I'll help get you there. I will set you on fire. But then, in in like the very next moment, his father comes along. Shoots his gun at this kid's feet. And this kid pisses his pants. I mean it's. And he is. I mean he's shaking and crying. And he is just terrified to the core of his father. And I believe it. And then at that moment I feel sorry for him. And and then I'm catching myself going. Oh my god this guy is an, is evil. Why are you feeling sorry for him? I'll tell you why. Because this is an amazing actor. That's why. Because he made me. And uh, I love that shit. Um, but there's a scene where right before he goes to the mailbox to get the knife, uh, he's like leaning in uh, against the front of his car. And there's the back; his house is in the background. He's wearing those jeans and the bandana around his wrist and the t-shirt with the no arms, and he's got the mullet. And I know that kid; like I, <laughs> like that was my cousin. I'm like I'm looking at that kid, and I'm like, oh my god, this looks so authentic it really, I mean, everything about that scene looked authentic, not like a film that was trying to look authentic. It looked authentic and I bu- I bought it. I believed it. And uh, to me, that is hard to do because we see it particularly now. Uh, nostalgia has hit several years ago and everyone is making movies take that take place in the eighties, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, that is very hard to pull off and make yeah. it real. And I, I feel like they nailed it. Um, And yeah, from that, like I was saying with the, with the, in the beginning, from that moment, when I realized I, I was watching this and I saw what happened to Georgie and my response was like, Brian sitting next to me, my response was, oh fuck, like they are not fucking around. They're not. I mean, they're just like, would you like? Oh, that kid! They just ripped that kid's arm right off. They're not playing. And Pennywise to me it was terrifying in that scene when he he's doing like, oh, I like popcorn too. It goes pop, 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 and then he just stops dead. Mm-hmm. And he's and like Bo mentioned the drool. I thought I w- when I saw that in the, before we saw the movie, like there was a, you, Stephen King did that introduction uh, of the opening scene and. I was, I was just like, I love the drool because it just, it, uh, it it was, that was really nice. And, um, the eye thing, it's funny when we, when we reviewed this on the skeleton crew, um, we brought up the eye thing and Alex was like, he was excited about that because like Tim Curry has the same eye thing. And he's like, I think he's like, I thought that was really cool homage. And I was like, yeah, I think Bill Skarsgård actually looks like that. (laughs) And he does. He, he actually yeah. has that, that sort of eye that ticks off to the side and uh, so does Tim Curry, which is just, it's kind of a weird coincidence, but uh, it's, it just, it makes him look that much more off kilter, just like something's not quite right. And yeah. um, and
2: his smile, which is, yeah, know, Conan, which is real creepy.
0: I heard about that. Someone actually told me about that. that they saw him on there and they made him do the smile and they're like, yeah. even without the makeup it looks creepy.
2: Yeah. It, it's a little unnerving.
0: He said something about, he had, he told a story about how he, his brother used yeah, to do that. It
2: to, he did it to, I think, or I think he, yeah, his his older brother could do some like weird thing with his face. He's, and then he's like, oh, I realized I could do that. And then I would torment my little brother with it. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. It, uh, I mean, I think Pennywise was, was so good. I love the scene where he's climbing out of the, out of the projector. Mm. Um. I. But then it's the other villains that I liked, or the other iterations of it. Rather, the one that really, really, really fucked me up was the leper, and it was the, specifically the fact when he was going after Eddie, and he was doing that like um, that uh, like limpy walk thing, like really mm-hmm. fast limp walk after Eddie. I was just like crawling up my seat. I couldn't. I, it was like, Oh, get, 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 ah, it was really all, it was going all over me. I was just, it was freaking me out bad. So, um, that was very effective to me. I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say it was perfect. You know, oh, well. very, very
2: <laughs> quiet, you
0: <laughs> very few things are, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to say that things are perfect but my experience and that's really all I, I'm, I care about is when I go to a film and, and how was my experience my experience was phenomenal I and then I came home and I talked about it and, and I thought about it and and I would like to, I've been wanting to see it again and I haven't yet but um, I, I just I had such a good time I loved it so much and it does my heart good to see it kicking so much ass at the box office. And for me to know so many people who have seen it multiple times, it, hmm. that makes me very happy. Um, like Dave Z seen it three times. Duncan has seen it at least twice. Um, both seen it twice. Uh, I, there's just a, a long list of people who are just like, yep, go on. Uh, Sam Spade seen it twice. Who were just, I keep seeing them post on Facebook, going again, going again, going again. And that, I don't know, that makes me happy. And I think that says something. And it just, the kids were so good together. And I loved all of them. I thought that their dynamic was was just very believable. Um, I loved Eddie. He was adorable. Um, Ricky I really liked and I like that kid from uh, when from Stranger Things anyway so uh, that was good um that was good Ben I thought was cute those new kids references were killing me I was dying I just that was so perfect when she's like hang hang tough new kid and I'm like oh there's so many people who aren't going to get that <laughs> but that just makes it that much cooler to me
3: the uh, the that gag where they play the the clip of the song when she kind of reveals the poster behind the door, yeah. I <laughs> thought was kind of tonally out of place. Because there's nothing like that anywhere else in the movie, and it, for me, it was it's one of those moments where the movie really throws the brakes on. Is like, aren't we kind of clever that we're making this joke? It's like, yeah, but you're also kind of killing the mood that we're creating here. So I
0: didn't get that at all. I didn't. I mean, I was so. I mean, I, but perhaps I was just so wrapped up in in what they were trying to do that, and I was I was on board with it. I was I was buying it, and so it didn't it didn't bother me um i don't know i like the fact that in this they all went to clean up the blood whereas like in the fir- in the mini series version of it it was just you know uh, something that she went through alone
2: you know the in the miniseries the, the all the kids are there this one richie's out front Richie's out watching uh, Richie and I think. Yeah, but I thought she,
0: funk. I thought she cleaned it up herself in the first. She in the does, mini-series.
2: and then it happens. Oh, again. and then it comes back. That's yeah, right.
0: okay, and then they, yeah, all right. That's, that's right. when they come
2: in. Yeah, um, um, yeah. There was
0: something, I, uh, I don't know. I'm really dying to see what, how they approach the adult version of it. Right. I don't know if it'll have the same charm. I don't know if I will uh love it as much. I'm hoping that they interject the kids in there somewhere that they do yeah. some been talk- apparently there's gonna be stuff.
2: flashbacks to the to the kids so yeah I hope so
0: because <clears> they were a huge part of why this was so successful I think mm-hmm. at least for me uh, they they really sold it um. I've heard people complaining about their language and I'm like, you know what? Kids cuss. I mean, it, that's just the way it is. And if you think your kids aren't cussing, you're in for a surprise because they do. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they do. And, yeah. uh, you know, whatever. And they tell dick jokes. That's yeah. what happens. That's what happens when you get a bunch of, particularly boys together, they're going to mm-hmm. cuss, and they're going to tell dick jokes. So that's just the way it is. Uh, but it, I don't know. I, God damn it! I loved it so much. I really, 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 really enjoyed it. It was, um, it was so fun. It was one of, it was one of those times when as as soon as we got finished watching, I was like, I want to see that again." And uh, surprisingly, I still haven't. But it's really just been my work schedule. It's it's hard for me to go to the movies when I work midnights. But um, because we like to go to the morning shows, because I don't like to be bothered. And, uh, uh, people get on my nerves. So I like to go to the early morning shows and, um, uh, that's to me, like the best thing in the world. And yeah. so anyway, yeah, I mean, I am just, uh, I'm over the moon for it. I'm, I'm, and I, I find it interesting that we have like three varying degrees of,
2: <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I read, um, Bo's initial review and I was like, okay. And then I went in and I saw it and then I was like, okay, yeah, no, I can I definitely see where where he was coming from. Um, you know, because it does... I've seen a lot of people uh, compare this to like the Goonies. And I'm like, yeah, I got a real Goonies vibe from this. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I, and, I ate, and again, like the tonal thing, I think like all of the kids stuff for the most part, like I have my gripes about some of the kids here and there. But for the most part, I think that part of the story works super well. And it's like you've got this really good... You know, kids adventure story and then a whole bunch of weird horror shit just thrown in for some reason that doesn't quite work in some ways. It's like, what the hell? Um, I don't know. Like I guess I got to see it again. Um, now, knowing kind of what to expect, I think I might enjoy it more. Um, however, oh, the, so. the Pennywise dancing agree. to inappropriate music is the best fucking meme ever.
0: There are things that I'd wish were were different as far as I mean, I'm not saying it's completely hundred percent perfect. I do wish Mike right. had more to do. Yeah. You know, I, I I feel like his character didn't wasn't really there very much. I feel like Stan's character wasn't really there very much, mm. although Stan's character's never been really there very much. He's right. always just been the Jew. Um <sighs> I just um and of course that doesn't really matter later on. Um so there's that. But I do kind of feel like it was a little imbalanced, as, yeah. um, and I do wish they had more to do because it's like you said, yeah, we did, we get this really strong opening with Mike, and then he disappears for a long time. Yeah. And, and it's one of those things, I felt know,
2: like the 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 miniseries handled introducing the kids a lot better, and really kind of establishing each kid individually. Yeah, um, and he I mean, was, also
0: had his own. Um, like he had the whole historian aspect that right, and uh, his character to, could do yeah. and they handed that off to Ben, which didn't, right. you know, uh, it. Eh. I, I feel bad for them. I, I just don't feel like there was much to his character, but right. the, the actor I thought did a really good job with what, oh, yeah. With what he could uh, I really like the scene where he was delivering the meat and then like the burnt hands were coming out of the door and right. all and I think his reaction to that was really good. I just mm-hmm. wish that we got more of it um but yeah I mean there it's like I said I don't think it's perfect, but it was just overall my experience with it was uh just I don't I mean it was I don't know it was very special it was it was I felt giddy. While I was mm-hmm. watching it, you know, I felt, and I guess, I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm an easy mark for nostalgia. Well, um, but I am you when you said it, it, not me. I'm, <laughs> I am when it's done well. Um, if it's if someone attempts to do something nostalgic and they don't handle it well, then it just pisses me off.
1: No, I get but
0: that. I feel like this one did it really, really well. And, um, oh, like, um, people have been asking about the key that Beverly we- wears around her neck. Like everyone's right. like, th- there's this whole like culture of people who are trying to figure out what's up with this key. And
2: it's her house key. And
0: Brian's like, she's a latch key kid. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, we all were. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was our, I mean, the, th- that was a thing. That was a generation. Yeah. thing. It was, I mean, every so one of I. us and like <laughs> super young. Yeah. And yeah, you too. But I mean like super young people, they, they don't, they don't,
2: it's not a thing I, anymore. I guess. Yeah. That's you know? kind of weird to me. Um, because but, I mean, I saw no her one and I was like, them. oh, yeah. I, I, immediately I saw her, I was like, oh, right. Of course she's going to wear her key around her neck. It's a the fucking mean, house.
0: And so <laughs> there, and I'm like, eh, wait, I did, you know? And yeah. so it, to me, it's just, you know, a key. And, but everyone's like, what is the significance of the key? Like, why is she wearing this key? Like, no one talks about the key. Where, what, what is And I'm like, yeah, it's she's a fucking latchkey kid. She's wearing a key. That's, I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing like super surprising about that, but right. it, um, but to me that was just one way. Like they didn't have to have her wearing that; it didn't really matter. But to me that was just one more way to nail it. I love that there was, you know, Night on Elm Street Five on the marquee. That Lethal Weapon Two was on the marquee. Um, it, to me, those are just nice little nods to the to the time period that just sort of sold it that much more quietly. You know, without someone saying it but it just being there
2: um yeah
0: anyway so yeah there, there that's me i loved
2: okay. it okay um then we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break come back with the news and yeah
0: David Richardson, owner of Richardson Studio, is a postmodern surrealistic sculptor hailing from Colorado whose work has been in Gothic Beauty Magazine, Amazing Figure Modeler Magazine, and at many art exhibits across the U.S. and abroad. His works have even been recognized by the great Guillermo del Toro. He's currently collaborating with Clive Barker in a few sculpture projects, including a limited edition aluminum cast wall hanger based on Clive's 1997 sketch V for Vice Versa, which was published within his A to Z of Horror book. Just released for Halloween was a Pewter Skull medallion that tributes Clive's Sumi sketch and also comes in a limited edition bronze casting. They can be purchased at the official Clive Barker store. Please check out more of David's sculptures and jewelry at daverichardsonart.com and follow him on Twitter at Sculptor Dave.
3: Be quiet a second, will you? It's 8 o'clock in Los Angeles. It's 9 o'clock in Denver. It's 10 o'clock in Chicago. In Baltimore, it's 6.42. Time for the 11 o'clock report. Here's
1: Johnny! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick
2: ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Game over,
1: man. Game over. Your mother sucks cocks on hell.
0: Okay, and welcome back. We have the news. First up, uh, Drew Barrymore's Black Rose Horror Anthology written and directed by women. Black Rose Anthology, a horror series written and directed entirely by women, is in the works at the CW. Oh. According to deadline, Black Rose Anthology will be will be produced by Drew Barrymore and Nancy Jivone. Juv- Juvonin, I don't know, Flower Films, former co-showrunner of MTV Scream, the TV series, Jill Vogel, and CBS TV Studios. The pilot for Black Rose Anthology will be written by Blottevogel Vogel and will reportedly, quote, explore some of humanity's deepest fears from a woman's unique perspective, end quote. There will be vignettes about guilt, jealousy, repression, paranoia, insanity, sexual obsession, and survival through a modern and distinctly feminine lens. Black Rose Anthology will be executive produced by Blotte Vogel with Jamie Denenberg and Kevin Abrams, from Alpine Labs, Barry Moore, Javonin, Chris Miller, Ember Truesdell, Nick Phillips, Anthony Mazzi, and Lottie Ferris Knowles from Flower Film. So that's a lot of people. It is. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there's a. That's a thing. Yeah.
3: Could yeah, be interesting.
0: Um, I hope it's better than the the double X XX, or the yeah. XX
3: type. Yeah. Yeah, I never I didn't think that was that was. But I mean, it all it, it you're right. It depends on the quality of the product. I mean, in I always appreciate trying to get new voices in horror. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just make it good and I'll be happy.
2: Yeah. Right. I ain't again it. Yeah. I I think that was kind of what we all came to when we were talking about it last uh, episode was double X looked like it was going to be good and it just wasn't. So, hopefully this is good. Um I don't really watch a lot of TV, but if it, if it gets enough positive buzz, I'll probably check it out.
0: Well, I'm always pleased to have more fodder for evil episodes. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And, uh, this could be something unique yeah. and good on Drew Barrymore for being in to, for, you know, jumping into the genre. And
2: yeah. Things. Cause she's already so, doing a uh, Santa Clarita diet. So,
0: right. Yeah. Good on her. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Good on her. I always appreciate that. Like, the. uh, uh Oh, what's his name? Frodo.
2: Oh, Elijah, Elijah
0: Wood. Wood. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Sp- He's going to be Frodo for SpectreVision. Uh, Spectre Vision. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Saban Films picks up Day of the Dead remake and two more features. It has acquired the U.S. distribution rights to a slate of films from Avi Lerner's Millennium Media, including Acts of Vengeance, Bullet Head, and Day of the Dead. Heavy Learner has long become synonymous with widely appealing action thrillers with marquee names like Antonio Banderas, John Malkovich, and Adrian Brody in films with the pedigree of Day of the Dead, said Saban Films president Bill Bromley. This is perfectly in line with our acquisition strategy. Our audiences are starving for these types of films. And when this, with this newly-minted relationship, we are thrilled to have a steady pipeline of these movies we can deliver to our audiences across the country. Isaac Florentine's Act of Vengeance stars Antonio Banderas, Carl Urban, Robert Forster, and Paz Vega. Film follows a fast-talking lawyer who transforms his body and takes a vow of silent. Really? <laughs> that is not me. That no, was that's a copy. The, that's the copy. Takes a vow of silence, uh, not to be broken until he finds out who killed his wife and daughter and has his revenge. Bullethead, uh, formerly Unchained, also stars Banderas alongside John Malkovich and Adrian Brody. The film is written and directed by Paul Sollett, yay, and is described as a Reservoir Dogs-style thriller. I love Paul, so that's exciting. Centering on a group of career criminals who trap themselves in a warehouse with the law closing in and run into the attacking dog named, uh, the attack, dog, I'm sorry, that was me. Um, <laughs> the attack dog named De Niro. The tale is told in a series of intertwining narratives that explore the love, fear, and conditioning and all the wrong turns that have put him in the doghouse fighting for their lives. Kind of sounds like Reservoir Dogs meets Cujo. Yeah. <laughs> Day of the Dead is of course a remake of George Romero's Day of the Dead directed by Hector Hernandez this is, and stars Sophie Skelton Uh, written by Mark Tunderey and Lars Jacobson, follows a small group of military personnel and survivalists who dwell in an underground bunker as they seek to find a cure in a world overrun by zombies. Well, already it sounds like it's going to be miles ahead of the previous Day (laughs) of the Dead.
3: That is not the synopsis I read recently. Oh, Oh, really?
0: What did you get?
3: Uh, I'll tell you what, you keep going. Let me see if I can find it.
2: Okay. I'm pretty sure Millennium Films were the ones who put out the Last Day of the Dead remake, and also that abhorrent fucking Creepshow three. So mm. yeah.
3: Anyway, that uh, sounds uh, awful. The so Jonathan Ske is uh. All right, Day of the Dead follows a former medical student tormented by a dark figure from her past who happens to be a half-human, half-zombie hellbent on destroying her.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. That sounds as bad as, as fucking vegetarian zombie.
3: Yeah, yeah, and the... Uh, yeah, it looks... No, it looks terrible. Well, Like, why on earth would you not just remake Day of the Dead? Like, if you're going to do a Day of the Dead remake don't get fancy. Just remain day of the dead. You know, like you can update it or whatever, but don't, don't get fucking cute. Yeah. With your vegetarian zombies and your Jonathan's. Yeah. I don't,
0: uh, I I don't get it. Like right now we even have the, we're even under the, you know, threat of nuclear war again. So (laughs) (laughs) you could have the same climate. I, um, that's really not funny. No.
1: <laughs>
0: That's really not funny. <laughs> I laughed to keep from crying.
2: We're fucking up. Um, Twenty seventeen. <laughs> what the fuck is happening?
3: Oh, I'm riding this motherfucker down like Slim Pickens.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know you are.
0: Um. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just it's the same. It's like the the um, I am Legend syndrome. You know, for whatever reason. <laughs> people can't just make the damn just make day of the dead why is it hard right you know it's not hard it's a very simple it's one of the simplest dead uh, uh, yeah. concepts I mean, out there it's get not hard his to original
2: script and do that oh that
0: would be fantastic because his script was so big that he couldn't he couldn't afford to make yeah. what he wanted to i would love to see what he had wanted to do come to life and i think that would actually and if it was done really well by someone who knew what they were doing it could be the the best tribute to romero ever oh yeah so yeah listen to us people yeah god damn um okay well uh since we've been talking about it i have a whole bunch of it news and um So it looks like, I don't know if you guys are going to be happy about this or not, but the director's cut is coming out with 15 minutes of additional footage, which I'm okay with.
2: All Mike, Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now
0: more mic. Wouldn't that be hilarious? Um, Let's see. uh, The director's cut would entail... Uh, Muschietti says there's a great scene it's a bit of a payoff of the Stanley-Uris plot which is the bar mitzvah where he delivers a speech against all expectations it's basically blaming all the adults for dairy of dairy for the town's history and it has a great resolution well that could be interesting he also revealed an extended version of the quarry scene that could appear in the director's cut after the spitting contest escalates into something that is completely weird and irrelevant to the scene but is so funny Jack Grazer, who plays Eddie, does something that is completely bonkers.
2: Yeah, because okay. he fucking rules. That kid is great. Yeah,
0: he is. Oh, I loved it when he told off his mom. Yeah. That was fantastic. I, I hope I mean, these are
1: even... gazebo. They're bullshit.
2: <laughs> uh, I hope him and the girl who played Bev have really. I, actually I want all of these kids to have good careers because they're all good yeah. actors but especially him and Bev I think those two were really standouts and
1: you know what's funny
0: about Beverly is when I saw the trailers I did not expect to like her like I was like oh I'm not gonna like her I'm not gonna like and I, I, I just I don't know why but I just didn't expect to but then when we were actually watching the movie I was in love with her mm. I think she's fantastic and she yeah she is definitely going to be a star and if she's not then something's wrong with the world because she deserves it um but more it news it's dominating the box office again with a second weekend of 120 million dollars globally um that's just uh, it, over the weekend um it grossed uh, 60 million dollars domestically this weekend for a total of 218.7 million dollars domestically but for a worldwide sum of $371.3 million at the time of the writing of this article, at least. And that all on a budget of $35 million bucks. So, yeah,
2: there is going made. to be, It's made its uh, yeah, budget back.
0: It is crazy. They have more than 10 times made their budget back... There is no doubt in my mind we're going to get the sequel yeah. and that Shetty will be able to command a huge paycheck in order to make it. <laughs> like, <laughs> he is sitting pretty right now. And, you know, after Mama, he's got to be feeling so good because <laughs> uh, I know every a lot of people. I didn't hate that movie. I didn't. Um, but a lot of people I didn't did. See it. And
2: um, I think he's also Bruce. I didn't put it in the news because I didn't want to. I knew the news was gonna run a little bit long, um, but he—I think he just got offered like a Dracula prequel with some oh. studio, might even Warner Brothers. I don't remember. A prequel. Yeah, it's called like Dracul.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't actually read the story. I just read the
2: headline. I was like, um, all right. I'm like, You should work right. on chapter two first and not worry about that other fucking shit. <laughs>
1: <All> <laughs>
0: don't right. fuck yeah, up my
2: destruction of dairy, goddammit. it! I need that.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah um I, I'm excited I it just it really does make me happy because that means not only is this uh, one of the highest grossing horror films of all time, but I mean and that is just in two weekends yeah two weekends I mean it is just blown it away like but it is the highest grossing film ever for September huh? ever.
2: And I think it's the highest rate grossing R-rated film now, too. Beating out Deadpool.
0: Oh, it did. What was Deadpool's numbers? Do you know? I don't do remember, remember
2: offhand. But I know Deadpool was... I think Deadpool had become... Was the number one yeah. money-making R-rated film. And I think this one blew past it. Uh, either after it opened or like by now it well, has to have.
0: With this and yeah. Split and Get Out, horror in the theater has had a
2: booming year. And Question about that in the news.
0: That makes me excited. But um, on the other end of that spectrum, we have Darren Aronofsky's Mother, which is not doing so hot. Um, (laughs) It it debuted in the third spot with $7.5 million. And on a $30 million budget, it's not doing very well. And it also got an F cinema score from audiences, which... Um, yeah.
2: I mean, I haven't seen it. Yeah.
0: Uh, various people I know who have seen it think that I will love it. Uh, I am a big fan of Aronofsky. I have not disliked anything he's
2: done before. Yeah. So I mean, um, I'm not surprised at all. Like, no. When it was like, oh, Aronofsky's doing a weird fucking horror movie thing. Of my, like, and as soon as I was like, as soon as I saw, like, oh, it got an F on Cinema Score, and I was seeing all these like. Back and forth about it, I was like, "Yep, it's an Aronofsky movie." All right, right. I know. And like, but I...
0: well, like, Black Swan did really well, didn't it?
2: Yeah, not. Nah, it, I mean, it did, it did fine, well, but, but it was almost, not... it was critically. Yeah, it was pretty highly critically praised, and I think it won an Academy Award or something. And that one, and then of
0: course there's Requiem, which is mostly universally loved. Yeah, I think.
2: Yeah, um, and the rest, uh, he did the rest, of it, didn't he? Yeah. 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 So yeah, I think when he and but then you've got his like kind of more weirder movies like The Fountain. Or, um, did he do pie? I want to say Yarnowski. Yes, did Pi. Yes, he did. Okay, so yeah, you, he's got, he can do, and I would say Black Swan's a fucking weird-ass movie too, and so is Requiem, but I think he, there are times when he does a weird-ass story, but it's something that people can kind of latch onto in one way or another, like Requiem or like Black Swan or The Wrestler. The Wrestler was a pretty straightforward, just fucking sad-ass movie. Um, yeah. Whereas this, to one, me,
0: that is that that one that one's the one that doesn't really fit the rest yeah. of his films because it is by far the more straightforward. I think it still has its artistic qualities oh, to yeah. it, but it is it's far the, more straightforward than anything it's else.
2: The most like honest movie about wrestling I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> I, I love
2: that as a wrestling too. fan. It's just um, like oh, this fucking movie hits home. Fuck. Just
3: a for for references sake here for Darren Aronofsky mother, which looks like it's going to open to about seven and a half million is actually when adjusted for ticket inflation still uh, in the top five uh, for Darren Aronofsky in terms of.
2: Oh, in terms of his box uh, office.
3: Box office. Pi did not reach that number. Requiem for a dream did not uh reach that number either.
2: Okay.
3: Uh it's probably gonna surpass the fountain. Yeah. And maybe the wrestler.
0: Okay. So
3: you wow, know I Okay. Mean,
0: well, and then the wrestler won it won Oscars. So yeah.
3: Right. I mean, the, the wrestler. Or at uh, least
0: was nominated. Did he win?
3: I don't remember. I don't know if he won, but uh, the the wrestler only took in about 26 million gross.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that movie, I, I think most of Aronofsky's movies tend to do much better on home video. Right. Because, yeah. because why everybody, people... yeah, that's where everybody ends up seeing them.
3: Right. Like nobody turns out to the theaters to see Aronofsky films because a, it's like, well, well, I mean, yeah, if they're big art house fans, right. and whatnot, not sure. But for the most part, like when I watch a, a movie by Darren Aronofsky, I don't necessarily want to be in a crowd of people for that.
2: Right. I want to be. Yeah, I, I prefer sitting at home watching whatever craziness he's going to throw at me and just kind of let it happen in the quiet of my space. And I had to deal with a whole bunch of other fucking people around. i went to see black
0: swan on christmas day and um (laughs) it was sold out or not well okay no it wasn't it wasn't sold out that that's an exaggeration it was packed though i mean it was a it was a very full theater when i went to go see it which actually surprised me Hmm. um but in a good way, and people seem to like it. But see, that was also, it had Natalie Portman. Yeah. And Mila
1: Kunis. Uh, it was, mm-hmm.
0: I, I think it, yeah. Oh, yeah. And Mila Kunis. So I think it was very, um, and I think, like,
2: uh, yeah. it, it
0: hit a lot of the mainstream vibe. Yeah.
2: And it was like, ooh, lesbians. Yeah. yeah. And, and there was that, there was
3: a mystique around Black Swan right. as well of like, what is this movie really
2: about?
3: And like, you know, Mother is. You know, like I love the ad campaign for Mother, but I also understand why it doesn't work in today's world. Of you know, be sure to buy your ticket when you leave this theater. Get your ticket for the movie that's gonna mess you up. And and like I said, I respect that, but I also understand an audience that's like, I don't even know what the fuck this movie is about. Right. Uh, What do I care? Um. But yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing Mother very much, but you know, I'm not. I'll, I'll get to it. Yeah, I don't. You know, it's like it. it it's like Polanski or something. Like I want to watch a Polanski movie in a place where I can pause it and think about something. Right.
0: Okay. Well. Um, okay. So there's that. Yeah, it's killing it. There. 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 That's a takeaway from that. Um, <laughs> and mother is not sadly. Um, okay. This is I think the final story. Mm-hmm. Um so this is the last story for me. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis will return as Laurie Strode in 2018's
2: Halloween. The fucking news uh, that you couldn't escape. What was that, like Friday?
0: God yeah, man, it, the internet was blowing Jesus up and I was Christ. having I was having people sending me this left and right. Um it's like you know, listeners and and friends
2: or whatever, just dropping it. It's like,
0: have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? And I'm like, yeah, like, I've yeah.
2: seen it. <laughs> it's all over fucking Insta. Like everybody on Instagram had reposted it. I saw it so many times pop on Facebook. I I literally could not scroll through my pa- my Facebook page without oh, seeing that, that fucking picture of about it. Yeah. Goddamn Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, but she looks great. I will say, but oh
0: yeah. I will say I do appreciate people bringing the stuff like this to my attention. So right. please don't, don't mistake that for me being like, stop telling me stuff. No, I, I appreciate that when people do that. Yeah. And
1: it's just if I funny. had
0: missed it, then, you know, it's just funny that, yeah, when this story hit, it just, it was just everywhere. Yeah. It was like, um, it's like, I, it, I don't know. It was the, like a, the big
2: stories we kind of can't miss. Like it's inevitable. We, like we just, the, the big ones are like this. That there's no way we can miss that. You know, yeah, but
0: so well. Um, in case you did miss it, uh, here it is. Uh, <laughs> if you've been living under over, a rock, <laughs> it was over two years ago that Bloomhouse announced they were set to bring the next chapter in the Halloween franchise to the big screen, and have continued to turn heads with their ideas for the project. This is one of those stories that um, you keep seeing teased, like this and the next Friday the Thirteenth. They keep you uh, right. people keep dropping, dropping stories and you know and it, and it's just gotten to the point where they're mostly clickbait and no one pays attention anymore because they're um they just don't believe it they're right. like ah you're full of shit well, stop I mean, talking
2: with this one at least we've had like we knew carpenter right. was going to be involved producing and we that's the difference yeah that's the difference like with carpenter his carpenter dropped that he was producing carpenter dropped that he was gonna be working on the soundtrack and it's like oh okay maybe there is going to be another halloween movie
0: yeah, this is that. This is actually one of those where you can. I think that's what made it blow up so hard is yeah. that people are like, oh, wait a minute, this is actually this could be a real thing. So the latest announcement is definitely intriguing as they've confirmed Jamie Lee Curtis will return to the franchise that kicked off her career, and she will once again be playing the iconic role of Laurie Strode, who comes to her final confrontation with Michael Myers. Again? I don't know. <laughs> Fans are likely scratching their heads at this revelation, like I just did since Curtis's character was unceremoniously killed off in Halloween Resurrection. But in true Halloween franchise fashion, it would appear that this film will be ignoring
1: the continuity
0: of many of the sequels in favor of telling its own story, and I, to be honest, am okay with that. Right. Uh, on a personal uh, Curtis has previously appeared in four films in the series, of course, including the original, the sequel... Uh, H2O and then Resurrection uh, David Gordon Green of Pineapple Express and Your Highness will direct Halloween and co-write the script for the film with Danny McBride uh, Carpenter will executive produce and Malik Cod producing for Trankus and Jason Bloom producing for Blumhouse. Green and McBride will also executive produce under their Roughhouse Pictures banner uh... And then there's, uh, oh, Miramax's co-financing. And it'll arrive in theaters from Universal Pictures on October 19th, 2018, 40 years after the premiere of the original film, Uh, which, I don't know, I I don't necessarily think that that was, uh, that was serendipitous timing. I kind of feel like maybe they've been pussyfooting around so they could, (laughs) so they could do that on
1: purpose. Maybe,
0: but yeah. What what I've heard about this is that it's going to be it's going to be basically taking place after the second one. Is that I or guess, was it? After,
3: uh, yeah, my that was my understanding is that it's a sequel to Halloween Two. Right.
2: Okay. Which is fine.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, mean, ignore yeah. the stupid bullshit that came after it. Yeah. And...
2: Well, I mean, I I like H Two O because H Two O at least kind of. Pulled in the bullshit continuity of the previous movies a little bit, and
3: yeah, I'm I was right, like, but hey.
2: why why worry about any of that? You
3: can no, ignore no, it completely. And, and that's the thing. Know? Yeah,
2: I'm totally, I'm 100 percent okay with just forgetting that anything after Halloween three happened. That's totally fine. Just wipe all that shit out. Get rid of Buster Rhymes, karate chopping Michael Myers. Get... Happy Halloween, motherfucker. <laughs>
0: Um d- now a lot of people a lot of horror fans really love H2O it has oh, yeah. a big following it I has a big a good, fo- and, and I'm actually good. okay with it to be to be honest i mean take 3 out of the equation i love 3 but mm-hmm. um you know it's cuz we're talking Myers here yeah. the if you if we just went 1 2 H2O yeah i would have been totally happy yeah, 4 5 and 6 can, 4 5 and 6 can suck a dick <sighs> and Special uh resurrection can just uh, join in on on that train I am resurrection yeah. is at least funny
2: like resurrection in, is unintentionally funny most
0: interestingly because the co- first time I saw that movie I actually thought it was pretty good <laughs> I I thought there were scenes about it that worked that were uh, um Like like scenes within the house that I thought were cool that like tensiony, and then like on subsequent viewings, I was like, what the fuck was wrong with you? Yeah,
2: like it's it's (laughs) It's such a product of its time and like all of the technology is so out of date and so is complete it's impossible for it to do what it's doing, which makes the movie that much funnier. And then Buster Rhymes karate chops Michael Myers and I hate my life. Anyway, that's well funny.
0: that's it for me that's all the news bitches
2: which means it's time for sdtp so dave burke yeah eh, excuse me dave burke asks uh what would you would what would you have done differently if you were to direct it who wants to start off
3: uh i mean i'll i'll recap because we kind of talked about it but oh yeah yeah, I mean, give give Mike some more to do uh, for sure. Um, I would I would probably I know the movie is two hours plus long, but it would be nice to have a couple of more moments of the Losers Club being a unit. Yeah, like the, uh, yeah. I I I probably would not have Beverly be the thing that took them back to the sewers. Right. Um, I had a problem with that. Uh, those would be my big changes. Oh, I but... forgot
0: about that. I did have a problem with that as well.
3: Yeah. So, you know, I mean, th- there are things I would change, but like I said, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm too down on the movie because no, yeah, I've yeah. seen it twice, and I, I think it's both times I saw it, I thought that was a perfectly good movie. <laughs> I just don't think it's great. Right. And and maybe the second one's going to be so mind blowing that's going to be like, okay, the first part's good. But that's just the lead up to the fucking it part two that's gonna knock the poop out of your butt into the toilet <laughs> with how good it is, right.
2: Jamie?
0: Um, well, I mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, I think we kinda covered that. I would give Mike more to do. That was mm-hmm. that was my biggest thing. But for the most part, I really feel like the direction was. And that really that's just really a story thing. I I feel like the direction of this film was fantastic. Like uh, he apparently knows how to deal with kids and and I think the imagery was was beautiful and just very effective for me personally. I might have chilled on the um, the the blah, 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 you know yeah. the, <laughs> the the shaky stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Um just because I don't need that. All I need is something coming at me. I don't, it doesn't have to be all crazy when it does it. If anything is coming after me, that's enough. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I prefer my, I prefer my scares a little more subtle, um, a little more calculated, I guess. But for the, for me, the majority of the film worked in that respect. There were just a couple times that I would have calmed it down a little bit, but You know, that's really just, that's me pulling hairs or, is that a thing? Pulling hairs? Splitting
2: splitting hairs. Splitting hairs. Thank Thank you. Pulling hairs is a thing you learn at the Jamie Jenkins Memorial Hospital for Headbrain Research. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. If we're running with what we already have versus, if, if, if you, all right, so taking the question as just, with with the movie we have what would I have done differently um, I would have put a little bit more emphasis on introducing the kids I would have definitely given Mike more to do I would have completely given him the fucking historian angle which is his fucking plot in the book and makes the most sense for when he's going to be an adult why he's still in town um, yeah I would have definitely done that I think I would have expanded on all the kids especially the bullies give them more to do instead of just Throwing them out there and just being there. Um, I was also I would also probably change Patrick Hawesetter's death. Um, I would have probably gone over something a little bit closer to the book with the weird, just because I think it's such a horrifying fucking sequence in the book when that he opens up that fridge and the what those giant flying leech things come out and attack him. It's fucking terrifying. Um, That would have been a great visual scene, I think. Um, So I probably would have worked that in. Um, I would have redone the finale completely. Um, I think Bev being kidnapped was kind of dumb. And I wouldn't have done it that way. I would have... There's a way to get the kids into the goddamn sewers. Um, You know, without having Bev be the one who gets kidnapped. Um, And I would have probably put a much heavier emphasis on the mystical aspect of childhood and the magic of imagination stuff. Um, I don't necessarily think we needed the smoke lodge scene and the ritual of Chud. um, Because I think you could probably get away with that in part two as a flashback. Um, But yeah, I would have definitely put a heavier emphasis on the idea of they're going to fight a monster as children Um, you know, I can get the goddamn silver, silver bullets in there somehow. Um, you know, give Eddie his, you know, his little bit with the, this is battery acid, um, thing, you know, just, I think that would have, that's the big thing that I would change would be the finale kind of really push it more towards what it was in the book. Um, yeah. If you were just giving me the project fucking clean slate, holy shit. Have a goddamn 15 hour Lord of the Rings extended cut on your hands when I was done because I would shoot everything except for the sewer because yeah. that's too fucking weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, I,
3: I, I, most of the changes made in, in the film uh, I think are pretty smart. And oh, I yeah. just, you know, it, it, anyway, it's a tough thing to do. It's like it's such a massive. Yeah, it's like a billion project, pages long. And, and, yeah. And there's a lot uh, of really I weird shit in the book. Right, I don't envy <laughs> the job of both adapting it and updating it yeah. simultaneously, and the fact that it's as good as it right. is and, 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 is kind of amazing. Anyway,
2: yeah, like, and that's the that I think it's ultimately like I have problems with it, but I still am like, this is actually a, a pretty good goddamn movie. Like, there's things that I didn't like, but at the same time, like I'm also very willing to say like I'm willing to see this again, and I do want to see the director's cut because I want to see what didn't make it. Um, and I'm interested to see what they do with part two, considering the changes that were made. You want to
0: see the director's cut because you want to see Ben naked?
2: No, I said I want to see what got cut out of the movie. I do.
0: I thought you said, I swear to God, I thought you said because I want to see Ben naked. No, like, what?
2: No, but apparently, (laughs) We kind
0: of did and his nipples disturbed me.
2: (laughs) John Justice Wheeler (laughs) made an appearance on the show just to, uh, let us know that he wants to see Ben naked.
3: I always wanted to be part of the Losers Club. <laughs> I was just too cool.
2: Thank you, Mr. Wheeler. <laughs> uh, Speaking of disturbing. Right? <laughs> anyway, uh. Joppa, Joseph uh, uh, Joseph Joseph asks us two questions. First is thoughts on the upcoming Happy Death Day. Oh, Jamie, uh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: the, the grunter in the rear.
0: <laughs> I am. I am actually very excited about this movie. It to me looks like. Um, uh, well, basically, it's a it's a Groundhog Day slasher. Mm-hmm. And
2: it looks super fun.
0: I, yeah, I, I really, really, I've been waiting for this since I first saw the trailer, which was months ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think it's going to be, it's something I one one of the few, I mean, there are several films that I'm looking forward to this year and that is one of them. And it could turn out to be totally stupid and whatever, but I just think it looks really fun. And I think it's a cool concept The Groundhog Day concept is something that has been used over and over and over again. There Mm -hmm. have been Christmas movies with it. Uh, Jay Moore did a Christmas movie with it. There have been several different types of films that use well, uh, Live Die Repeat, Mm -hmm. or (laughs) no, it's actual title, um, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, Um, there's
2: a there's a which is um, an excellent
0: which is an excellent film by the way. If you haven't seen it, you know,
2: Uh, Hmm? indie horror film called Salvage that I saw about a billion years ago that I have on Blu-ray also does a, a similar Roundhog I don't day kind of I've thing. I don't I've
0: seen that. I should check that out.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: um that yeah this it this being basically a slasher but with that same concept, I this is right in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. This is something that I am thoroughly looking forward to. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited.
2: Yeah, I am too. I think it looks real fun. Um Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a fun movie. Uh, I hope it lives up to what it's advertising itself as. Um, I'd be really annoyed if it, you know, they, I'll be really annoyed if there's one of those bait and switch where it's like it's a great trailer and a shit movie. Um, but we'll see. Looking forward to it though. Yeah.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. (laughs) I I thought it was, uh, it was one of those trailers that I was initially put off by. And then when I saw what the gimmick was and the fact that they're leaning into it to be kind of silly and goofy with it, Mm -hmm. at least in a couple of moments, um, I, I felt a little bit better about it. I, I'm way more curious to see it than I thought I would be. Okay. Uh, but if I may give a special shout out. Yes. Speaking okay. of trailers that happened uh in front of the movie, it. I don't give a shit. That Thor Ragnarok trailer looks
2: rad. Oh, I didn't get that one. Oh my! I've seen it. I saw it on. I've seen it on YouTube. It looks. It looks fun. Like I'm not a super huge fan of those Thor movies. Um, no, they're,
3: they're barely watchable, but this looks the first amazing. half of the
2: first one is so good.
3: But, uh, it, I, you know, I think this all goes back to Taika Watiti yeah. being at the, at the helm of this thing yeah. and like the new trailer, the music that they play sounds like a yes organ solo <laughs> in the trailer. It is it, like, they lean so hard into seventies pop art kind of vibe and even some of the shots from the film look like these almost Frank Franzetta drawings right. or something. It's a oh man. That movie looks like just an experience and I kinda don't give a shit about Thor and never did. <laughs> uh and I'm really excited to see this movie. So um but anyway, that that's an answer to a question no one asked.
2: Okay. Uh he asked his his second question is with the success of the Friday the 13th video game is our property we'd like to see translated into the medium uh, be it done as an RPG, MMO, etc. Jamie, um,
0: you know that's hard for me to say because I still haven't played the Friday the Thirteenth game because it is uh, there's I don't do I don't I do not enjoy like multiplayer online gaming I don't I don't like it and it I like. I'm so old. Single player is coming. But I like single player. I like couch co-op,
2: you know? Yeah. I mean,
0: I want to be in the same room with um, someone I'm being against.
2: They've announced that there is a single player coming and there's going to be offline bots coming.
0: Now, I did... Um, oh, that's cool. But <laughs> I I kind of had a feeling they would, if, if it did well, that they would do a single player campaign. But then I kind of feel like it might just be a token. Like, they're not going to put nope. a whole lot of effort uh, into
2: From my understanding, like, and I've been following this game pretty much since launch. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I knew about the, the Kickstarter and I was like, oh, cool. There's going to be a Friday the 13th game. That'll never come out. Um, and then I've been, like I said, since launch, I've had it and I've been following what the devs are posting and like they've been really very cool about talking to the community and being like, hey, here's where we're at. Here's where stuff is. Here's why, you know, Xbox hasn't gotten this patch yet because we're going through cert still or, you know we didn't pass cert because of this. So we're going back and fixing it. So we don't have to do this a bunch of times. Um, and I want to say Friday, uh, they released, a, an image on Twitter of their sort of roadmap of content. Um, and it's like, there's two new Jason's that are going to be supposed to be coming. Um, there's a, some new counselors that are on there that are coming. Um, single player is coming. There's a thing called virtual cabin, uh, which is supposed to be? Uh, I think they they addressed it in a Twitter. Somebody asked them like, "What that's what's that supposed to be?" It's supposed to be like a a first person experience where you kind of go through like a museum of Friday the Thirteenth in a way, but with some actual kind of gameplay. Um, they, oh, yeah, right. That sounds kind of well, cool. Well, is it like a
0: walking simulator? I don't kind know. Of?
2: They really didn't. They weren't. It was a tweet, so they were just like, "Yeah, here's this kind of oh. a gist of it, sort that, of thing." That um, could be cool, though. Right. And you know, they've been talking about for single player, and they're like, you know. We were going to have it enough for summer, but things are happening. So we're trying to get this other stuff together while we're still working on that. So they've got a really, really good roadmap of like, here's the content we want to get out. And so I'm not, I'm more willing to be like, okay, yeah, I think single player could be really cool. And having the additional, the addition of having offline bots Means if I don't feel like fucking playing with people and I can just go and play Friday by myself, holy shit, that'd be great outside of single player. Yeah, I, really I would do... do
0: that in a heartbeat. Yeah. and uh, single player I would do in a heartbeat. And it would—it's killing me because I—I've been s- dying over this game since the since the very beginning. Well, you've
2: got a PS4, right? And yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a whole look on. Like, honest to God, go on, go into one of the groups, go into the Legion group for Christ's sake, and find out who's on PS4, who has it. And play with them. Just find a bunch of um, podcasters, listeners will play. That's the best way to get into it.
0: Well, maybe. Um, I just have to get lucky uh,
2: playing with randoms.
0: Speaking of video games and mm. my passing birthday, well, the, the, the one cool thing that I got from Brian for my birthday is the remastered Crash Bandicoot trilogy. Oh, neat. And uh, yeah, that's super fun. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It's uh, I got to get good. Um, (laughs) I haven't platformed in a very long time. And uh, that it definitely that the remastering of the game really does make a difference in some of the in some spots, which I'd heard people talk about it and and some of them complaining about. And I was just like, well, you know, we'll see. And no, it really, (laughs) it really has. And I'm like, fuck. Uh, But it is super fun and it looks beautiful, but. Anyway, so as far as the to answer the question, yes. if there was a property that, you know what I want? I want the game that was made but not officially released. It was a fan game oh. that was uh, basically Mortal Kombat, but with right. all the monster dudes. It was like Terror, Terror something. Dome. Or, Terror Dome, yes. I want that, and it would never be done because of all the rights issues. Right. I, I understand that, but if I could get Everyone into one game, and it and I love fighting games. like I love Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. style games. So if it was something like that, I think that would be the best thing in the world. I would love to go head to head, like put for you. Yeah, I mean, you yourself could you you could do Freddie versus jason mm-hmm. and, and whatever, you know, um I would yeah, I would love maybe to uh that, um... I, I think. Yeah since Friday the 13th has done so well mm-hmm. maybe a nightmare game would be really yeah. fun cuz there could be a lot of cool things that you could do I've actually been uh, kind of thinking wise. about that
2: um if I guess I was thinking about that I was like all right well this just came up uh, somewhere else I was reading sort of like uh, what other horror game besides just this question about like what other horror properties that actually I... turn into games um, I think a um you could probably do a Halloween game built on the same general Engine is uh, Friday is with the same kind of gameplay as far as like here yeah. here's a group of kids in the seems neighborhood seems like that
0: could be really similar yeah though.
2: or you yeah oh well, yeah but but I, there I, are
0: Halloween fans and there are yeah. Friday fans and so, I, you know, you I, I think
2: you could them. like I think that the basic structure of what you have with Friday works for the slasher characters um, mm-hmm. I think with Freddy you could get a little bit more creative with it um, because you could have your you know. Kid characters could all have you know because you play on the Dream Warrior aspect. They every counselor, or, you know, every kid has their their dream power that can be used, and you know because you are dealing with dreams, you can kind of have the, the the stages changing, and you know not necessarily not necessarily have Freddy have an effect on them directly, the, or the Freddy player directly, but you know if he's in an area, you know he can possibly you know use a power to change something, and you know I think that would be kind of cool. Um to actually answer the question, though, um, oh shit, I don't think there's any any other horror franchises I can think of that I would like to see as a game, really. Um, because L-
0: do not forget that e- there has already been a couple of Evil Dead games right, that yeah. uh, Fistful of Boomstick Fistful was Fistful of Boomstick
2: was fun, amazing. So, um, and we've had a bunch of Alien games. Um, we finally got a good nightmare game, um, so yeah. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I think an MMO might be kind of fun, but I don't know what franchise I would necessarily put it into. Um, but then again, you could MMO do it like a
0: game. universal monsters. That would be and cool. Yeah, everyone would just go around choking everybody. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually would like to see something done with the classic monsters. I think yeah. that'd be cool. That would be really fun, yeah.
2: Not even, and you could actually not even necessarily have to do it as an MMO, but you could do like a, like an RPG with the, the classic monster kind of thing or something. Um, Bo, do you have thoughts about video games? Yeah, uh, often. Um, I know but you have a whole I, show about it.
3: Yeah. I, all right. So I'm gonna completely uh, bullshit my answer here, That's fine. Um, which is that I would like to see less a video game based on this than. Uh, you know those kind of social card games yeah. like uh, Secret Hitler or Werewolf, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I would like to see that done with something like uh, Body Snatchers or The Thing. Ooh,
0: ooh, that's a good idea.
3: And I like you would have to play with the rules depending on the property, but mm-hmm. I think you could make a game like that where the idea of keeping a secret mm-hmm. is the game itself. Yeah. Yeah, like Uh, like, well, like I think
0: uh, you're bringing up werewolf is a is a really good example of that. Um, uh,
3: Which uh, they've done a video game version of, so in theory, you could do a video game that was essentially that that sort of social interaction of 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 trying to suss out who is the thing or a a body snatcher or something.
2: Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. All right, that's Uh, a
0: really creative answer. I like that. Yeah. Good job.
2: Shoo!
3: What you <laughs> know about that, y'all? <laughs> All
2: right. Uh, Vanessa asks: uh, Between the recent release of It and A and American Horror Story: Cult, it seems evil clowns are everywhere. Uh, what is your favorite evil slash killer clown, and why?
3: I mean, uh, Pennywise
2: is it. It's yeah. the Tim
3: Curry Pennywise is. I I don't personally find clowns to be scary. No. But I mean, there's always something scary about the idea of something that is meant for children being evil. You know, that's why a, a clown. That, I mean, let's face it, John Wayne Gacy fucked this up for everybody. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's so you when be I
2: protest,ing you damn clowns, don't protest Stephen King. It's not his fault. Right. And in fairness, uh, Pennywise is
3: not a clown. It. I mean, yes, he it looks like a clown, a,
2: or she takes the form of a clown, but.
3: Right, but it it is just you know it's an embodiment. Evil. Right, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, complain about your American horror stories and whatnot. Uh, and not just this season; like the the clown was from um, some- Twisty. Yeah, was from I a couple of Twisty. seasons back. Yeah. so yeah, I mean, as, as the favorite, absolutely the original Tim Curry performances, Pennywise. Mm-hmm. My addendum to that is uh hey everybody calm down. Uh like parents, you don't have to cancel the clown for your kid's birthday
2: party. I mean, if you probably should. Fact, because you I, shouldn't have a goddamn clown at your kid's party anyway. Clowns are fucking weird. Kids don't like clowns. I think <laughs> any grown up that
3: is not a teacher and specifically takes on a job where you spend time around children is suspect to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense.
3: But, uh, that's just because I have a deep cynical streak and I assume that everyone is
2: always up to no good. Right. As yeah. well. You should.
1: I
0: love the clown from the movie clown. uh, which just is main, mainly, it means I'd love the, the story behind that or the, the, the folklore that they created mm-hmm. for that film. Uh, crazy about that i personally i don't find clowns scary yeah no as a kid i never liked them but it's not because i thought they were scary they annoyed me i just thought they were annoying and i wanted them to go away like you know they like if you go to the circus or something like that you know clowns are always coming up to you like trying to be all clowny and i'm like get away from me like you're (laughs) you're pestering me and you're not funny like i've just never i've never thought clowns were funny and um I just find him more of an, an annoyance than anything else. But I can, I guess, see why people are frightened of him. I've never personally gotten that. Like, I don't... I, okay. Um, unless it's intended to be scary, then I think it's more just that it's scary, not that it's a clown. Um, like, Twisty. I mean, the bottom half of his fucking face is missing. So I, I think I, whether he was a clown or a bus driver, he would he would be scary. You know, it's... Right. To me... Um, but you know, I always enjoyed Tim Curry's Pennywise. I am in love with Skarsgard Pennywise now. Yeah. I I I I love him so much. And uh Twisty I enjoyed. Um, yeah. It's uh, but yeah, you kind of nailed it, Bo, with uh, John Wayne Gacy. I mean, he, <laughs> that to me is the all time
3: Oh, scariest s- clown ever, right?
0: Scariest clown ever because it was real, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's that's some creepy shit right
3: there.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah. Um, I'll throw an honorable mention to the killer clowns from outer space and whatever the <laughs> fuck that stupid clown was in drive through because that was real dumb, but it was kind of an okay costume it was a little fucking stupid uh, but yeah and like Pennywise I'll, although I don't know if I would necessarily as much as I love Tim Curry's performance as much as I love Bill Skarsgård's performance I actually kind of would go with the Pennywise that I imagined as I was reading the book um who when I started reading it last about a year or two ago uh was the first time I was able to divorce that character from Tim Curry and kind of see him mm-hmm. as he was described and holy shit that character is terrifying <laughs> My brain made that made Pennywise horrifying. It was great. All right. Um, Darren, good old Darren Wilson, asks... Um, well, this was more of a... There was a discussion that came up um, where the Guardian website posted an article about um, the recent success of horror sort of saving cinema. And uh friend of the show, Mark, commented that that was fucking stupid because... Most cinema shouldn't be saved, and it's garbage. And I made the joke that, uh, yeah, Hollywood should be burned down, and we should try again. Um, mm-hmm. however, to actually get to the point of the question is, sort of, where? How do we feel about that? The the idea that horror is going to quote unquote save, uh, movies. Considering, I think it
0: m- happens about every twenty years. Yeah,
2: yeah, it? yeah. I feel like it does because like. You know, we were all doom and gloom about oh, box office down. The Memorial Day weekend was terrible, and you know now this little horror movie that I I feel like they did a lot of marketing for it. Like I didn't see any real TV spots for it, but I definitely saw a lot of buzz around it. And I don't know if it's just because I'm a horror fan or not. Um, but it clearly. They did a good fucking job marketing this thing. No,
0: they did some. They did some. They marketed <laughs> the fuck out of this. There yeah. were like places uh, worldwide where, as we've they seen would, with you, the
2: box office,
0: yeah, they would do things uh, like tie red balloons to yep. sewer grates and shit like that. I mean, they went all out. Yeah, so, uh, for this, which I thought was very cool. I always yeah. like when thing when things like that happen, like when um Dexter, like it was a forget what season premiere of Dexter it was, and there were a bunch of fountains all over that were. That dyed the water
2: red, right?
0: Um, I mean, just I, I like it when things get
2: into the real world. Yeah, yeah. Those kind of fun marketing S- things like that. Hmm. Um. I think you're right, though. I, I the, the 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 kind of the joke you made about doesn't this happen every twenty years? Yeah, kind of. Um. I don't. I feel I, like I, 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 oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bo.
3: I I was just going to say, I would argue all of this is the trend of box office continues to head down. Yeah. I don't know that it like horror movies are saving the box office this year. No, because I only because they're popular because it's such a fucking stressful time. Right. And horror movies always do better. When everyone's under a lot of stress, right. like, like watching a movie like it and being able to say, that's the thing I'm afraid of mm-hmm. is helpful in a time where there is this miasma of, you know, potential nuclear war and racism and xenophobia Nazis and Nazis in like, the
2: streets and
3: Nazis. Yeah. All the, this kind of harsh negative stuff that's right. floating around for realsies right. out there in the world. As a like a real person, somebody's out doing shit like that. Right. And yeah. so seeing a movie like it is a much more manageable way to be afraid. Yeah. there is something cathartic about
2: it. Yeah, absolutely.
3: And and so horror movies are doing really well right now because of that. And also a perfect storm of it, you know, it is it, yeah, after all. It is uh an important book and a well remembered film hmm. or a TV movie. So, yeah, there are a lot of things combined to to, to get the success of this just right. right. If it were just any old horror movie, then Mother would have done tremendously as well. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is the – horror has consistently been doing well ever since the world took a shit on itself.
2: Right, basically. and
3: <laughs> And – uh you can expect that to continue until things like the ship writes itself and then because you know what we haven't seen popular in a long time romantic comedies and that's probably what's going to be big next um you know it's you're been right. lo- you're, yeah you're absolutely right. right
1: yeah
3: it, it's been a long enough time that somebody's gonna come out with one that kind of fits the generation yeah and though though you'll see um, a million of those and horror will go back to like the the normies will take back the cinemas and and we'll be back to uh home video but um yeah i mean i I, you're not going to save hollywood because that is just a a changing business model right uh so and I whatever. don't think,
0: honestly, I don't think Hollywood ever really will need saving. It's um, Cinema is something that um, I think is going to, just like horror, people, over the years, people are like, oh, horror's dead. It never really is. Right. It never will be. I, my, it's I, been alive and kicking since the Stone Age. Yeah. I think In some uh, form or another.
2: For me, I think more of the idea of the Hollywood system is what needs to change, um, considering... I mean, you look know, at all are... the
0: billions of dollars they're raking in with all the Marvel movies and everything right. else. It's I like, mean, I don't think you're they're seeing, in
2: like, the house. Yeah, it's like you look, you look at Sony, like I don't remember what, I think I saw there There was a couple of Sony trailers I think before it, and they were just awful. I'm just like, what the fuck is this? Why? Why are you doing this? You know, it's like everything Sony keeps seeming to be pumping out. It's just like, well, this looks like hot garbage. Um, hot garbage. And I just, I think that like, It's been in a very real way. I feel like Hollywood has been exposed where it's just like, no, yeah, this shit's all about making money. Like, and I think people are starting to cotton on to the fact that it's like, yeah, no, there's no actual real art going on anymore. Like, this is just completely pure profit. This is all product placement bullshit. And I think that's kind of why it's dropping off because they keep pumping out this garbage and expecting us to, to, to swallow it. And people are like, yeah, no, I don't give a fuck. So they're not showing up to theaters and they're not going to see these movies. And so, oh no, the box office was awful this weekend. And it's like, well, yeah. And then you give some, give us something actually kind of interesting and decent like It or... And I haven't seen Mother yet, so I have no opinion on it. But I mean, that's an outlier anyway, because it's fucking Aronofsky. Um, but, you know, a big tentpole, fairly, fairly well-remembered uh, intellectual property like It. And, of course, it's going to fucking do gangbusters, especially because it's set in the 80s, and 80s nostalgia is a big thing right now. So, it had a lot of factors coming into it to make it successful, whereas, you know, from all accounts, The Dark Tower was basically, hey, we're going to take this really long-ass series of fantasy novels that does a whole lot of weird shit, and we're going to turn it into a YA movie. Because that's a great idea. You know, so I, I don't. I don't necessarily think that, like you said, I don't think necessarily it's horror that's going to be saving things. I mean, yes, obviously, 2017 is fucking bananas, and this is this is a time I don't look forward to telling my grandchildren about. Like, hey, grandpa, can you tell us about 2017? It was everything was on fire, and it was literally the apocalypse. <laughs> you're a, you're making a
0: broad assumption that we're going to make it that far. <laughs> I, I'm
2: praying to <laughs> Satan every day that we that we survived this fucking lunacy um so yeah i don't know i don't honestly think like i said i think hollywood the the system the way hollywood's set up is kind of broken and fucked up because it's a whole lot of not creative people who have power um and they're just being counters and that's not that doesn't necessarily lead to good art um but at the same time, the means of distribution and the means of production have changed considerably. Um, even in 10 years, you know, 15, 10, 15 years, the the market for independent cinema and how to make independent cinema has changed drastically. Um, you know, with YouTube and online streaming and torrenting and the price of equipment dropping considerably every day, every year, um, you know, it's... I think it's starting to become more and more this kind of weird, oddly communist revolution of filmmaking um, where people can actually just, you know, we don't have to necessarily go to, we don't have to wait for whatever Hollywood's going to throw at us. It's like, oh no, I can go on Netflix or I can go on Amazon or on YouTube and find amazing, really well-made films by people I've never heard of. And it's like, okay, cool. I'm getting all kinds of great entertainment and i don't necessarily have to sit and watch and see what Hollywood throws out.
0: Well, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, because we what we have witnessed in, in recent or in the past, I say recently, but several years is it the basically the disappearance of the, of the moderate budgeted film, where right. you've either got on one hand the giant, the blockbuster, mega yeah. blockbuster billion dollar movies that uh, Hollywood is throwing at us, where they can't seem to spend less than two hundred million dollars to make them. Or you've got the really tiny micro budget films, um, and like Bloomhouse with their five million dollar they're they're pretty much across the board five five to ten million dollars, but um, which is still a whole lot of money to me, but uh, movie wise it's not. Right. So, um, and those are doing really well. And then of course we have the you, the budget can get even smaller because you have things like you know. Paranormal Activity that costs $17. And I mean, it's, um, but like we don't really have a lot of those. And I think these kind of, it kind of goes along with the romantic comedy thing that Mm -hmm. Bo, because those are typically not that expensive expensive, to make, you know, because you don't have a lot of special effects. You don't have a lot of, of, you know, big elaborate set piece. Pieces. Yeah. The majority of the the budget for those films goes toward the actors I think right. typically <laughs> and so those tend to be like moderately budgeted and we don't have a lot of those right now. You know, it's either giant spectacles or little tiny indie things or and um I I find that very interesting is there's really no home right now for the 50-75 million dollar movies. Yeah. And I think whatever. I think
2: that's kind of what's What's doing the most harm to Hollywood right now is that their re- over reliance on everything has to be a giant tentpole movie. Everything has right. to be, you know, tied into some new IP that's going to start a cinematic universe. Yada yada yada. And it's well, like, I mean,
0: that's what kills me is they throw so much money at movies yeah. that if it doesn't do well. Then they're it, it'll put them in the poorhouse right and I'm like, yeah, dude, like the, Blumhouse has the idea. Yeah. I mean they're doing it right, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know Blumhouse they're basically the, the Roger Corman of this generation where it's like we're gonna make money even if no one sees this movie. We're still making our money back because yeah
2: because you know, Cause they're doing them on they're they're taking chances on interesting proper or, or on interesting projects and going, all right, we're gonna give you this amount of money and here you go knock yourself out and they're usually really fairly low budget i mean again we're talking about hollywood numbers here so you know 10-15 million dollars is considered low budget to the rest of us that's like holy shit that's a lot of money um you know i think like what get out was made for like 20 million maybe 15 something like that like that was a relatively low budgeted film and it made fucking Crazy money back.
0: uh, I think it was lower than that. I Uh, want to say it was pretty,
2: yeah, pretty low. There you go. That's so. Bloomhouse is doing just fine, and they've got you know their ends with the other different studios to get stuff distributed. So yeah, I think if Hollywood's smart, they'll go with a more. They'll start to do more of a house kind of thing. I don't know necessarily if the big studios can really make that kind of turn.
0: They don't know how. Yeah, I, I, I really don't think they know how. They're yeah. just like, well, if it doesn't cost three hundred million dollars, we can't do it. Like right. We
1: don't know. how
2: And it may, how to do that. maybe they need and to for start the- putting together a smaller studio. You know, the, you know, do the sort of the subset studio of like, here's this thing that we also control, but it does its own thing. Um, well,
3: it is by by most standards modestly budgeted, right. At thirty thirty million dollars, and Get Out, by the way, four and a half million.
2: Oh Jesus
3: Christ! Yeah, yeah,
0: I thought it was around the five million dollar mark. Yeah.
3: Okay, yeah. but it, I mean, that's that's kind of the beauty of Blumhouse, which I right. kind of criticized early on. Uh, because I felt like it might be a limiting factor, but right. uh, you know, prove me wrong. No, it just turns out that it makes directors kind of creative with the project. Absolutely,
0: it use. does. Yeah. yeah, it's motivating. Yeah, you know? and I, I
2: think also a big part of what's made Blumhouse so successful is that they've taken... they they're. It's not just, hey, we're going to give you a small budget and force you to be creative with it. It's they're taking directors who are already creative people who have a vision and being like, okay, cool. You clearly know what you want to do, Here's yeah, the money here, to do it. Fucking figure right, it out. Here's, here's
3: 5 million bucks. See what movie you can make for this. And we wager it'll probably be pretty good because you're a good director. Right. And right. yeah, it, no, it's a great, it, it's a great business model. And I think it's one, you know, the big studios, uh, like the problem is there are just too many, too many, uh, suits. Yes. In, in Hollywood, there are too many people making money prognosticating about what a movie's going to do. Like, right. you know, uh, all, all the middle management that's there to make sure that production goes right and that the right decisions are being made about a movie. And there is a place for all that stuff, but there's a lot there's a lot of that right. in Hollywood. And, yeah, I mean, what it's going to take to really bring shit down, to really make things interesting, guys, is you have two or three superhero movies in a row underperform. Yeah. And Hollywood don't know what the fuck to do anymore. I, I think
2: if 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 we were to see something like a main series, and not one of the spinoffs, but one of the main series Star Wars movies do real bad, which is never going to fucking happen because those movies are. Right. But uh, like, let's say on the off chance, like, you know, episode nine came out and just fucking ate shit at the box office. You know, and then you know, maybe the next two Avengers movie also ate shit at the box office. Then yeah, maybe we would see a change. But then again, I would also maybe that would. I feel like that would be more of just okay, we're gonna stop doing this and we're gonna go back to what we know is gonna work and we're just gonna not do, you know, sci-fi apparently or you know, sci-fi doesn't sell and superheroes don't sell anymore. That's what they're gonna take away from it and not. We've fucking hammered this. We've been beating this dead horse now for how how long?
3: Oh, man. I, I'm sorry. I, I, looking at this Blumhouse uh, list of movies that, like, Get Out did $175 million Split damn. did $138 million. uh OG, Paranormal Activity, still the third highest grossing movie they ever put out. Yeah. And that's, you know, a $15,000 production budget.
2: Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. Well, I mean more. Than I'm sure Roger Corman but, is. Uh, Roger Corman must be proud.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it is. But most of these movies, as I go through this list, you know, they're most of these are legit. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's.
0: Yeah, that's the thing is they're, they 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 kind of took the Corman business model and then you know classed it up.
3: Yeah.
2: They actually you know. got, they actually bothered to make good movies. Well and they they did Whiplash, you know, right.
3: which is a fantastic movie. Um so they've, you know, nibbled at some other uh some other genres and and more mainstream stuff, but I mean the vast majority of stuff that they've done has been uh horror for sure. And you know I
0: love them for it. Yeah. I love them?
3: For yeah. Yeah, well done. I mean, you know, you've found respect. a niche. And and so here's the problem is that no one will ever be able to replicate that success. Right. And, but people are going to chase it. And that's the, that's the curse of Hollywood yeah. is that somebody does something smart that is successful. And then everyone tries to do that. And it just ruins all of it. Well, so, I think A24 yeah. has
0: been doing pretty well too. Or at least a lot of, at least I've been a fan of several of their properties. I don't know how much money they're making, but um, I think I like the, the, the direction they're headed in
2: the curse of Hollywood chasing the thing that worked once and all of the horrible scandals involving sex.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ. And it, if you're an actress between the beginning of time and now someone has tried to fuck you for
2: a job, right? Also child molesters everywhere.
3: Yeah. Also you were a prostitute uh, at one point. If you were an actress in the, 20s 30s or 40s right that just happened oh
2: god anyway
3: it's yeah it's terrible yeah it's fucking i know. terrible I'm, I'm with you burn it all down yeah fucking
2: burn it down. burn it down i, I got the battery out. i'm fine <laughs> all right john rhodes has a whole bunch of questions uh what no way i know right shocking uh so with the recent news on halloween what is your thoughts and where would you like to see the franchise go uh, we kind of covered that already in the news um I, I don't really want to see the franchise go anywhere else. I'm kind of done with it. Honestly, I've been done I, with Halloween I, since the second one for fuck's sake. Yeah.
3: I wish they would say this is 100% the last Halloween movie <laughs> that will ever be made. That's not going to happen. And, and then I've, I'm more interested. I'm more interested because not necessarily because of Carpenter's involvement. Cause I am, you know, I question the give a shit about that, but his, uh, uh,
2: his Christine video he directed recently was pretty cool.
3: Yeah, that was all right. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see him get inspired to be like, you know what? I think I'm ready to get back behind the camera.
2: Yeah. Uh, I that'd would be like cool. To
0: see, I really wanted to see him directing this film. I thought that would have been a nice...
2: I if, wanted him If to, it wanted was going to be the finale... Fired up about it. Yeah, if it, they know? were going to do it as like, <laughs> this is the final... Like, we're not doing the fucking Halloween movies anymore. Because, you know, for... I don't know, he somehow Carpenter got the rights or something. Whatever. Whatever crazy bullshit would lead to them finally being like, no, yeah, this is it. For real. This is it. And when we're done with it, this is gonna like, the 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 release of this film is like, legally binds us. We can never make another one of these fucking movies again. Kind of thing. And if Carpenter was gonna be like, yeah, I'm gonna close out the franchise. Cool. But yeah, at this point, I, you know, let him, he's, he's having fun being a rock star right now. It's fine.
0: I like that. I like that Craven closed out the Nightmare series. You yeah. know, I mean, he's he came back. He did New Nightmare. And then uh, to me, that was the best film in the franchise since the third one. Yeah. And, and then
3: somebody came along and shit all over that by remaking it. Yeah.
0: Well, not in my opinion. but We've all heard that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. Uh, do we have any other, anything else we want to say about Halloween? Or do you want to move on?
0: No. Okay. I mean, I think we... we
2: Yeah, we've
3: basically covered it. Yeah. Yeah. Make it stop.
2: Yeah, please. <laughs> um, Out of the big four, which had the strongest first entry for you and which is your preferred overall franchise? I'm assuming he's talking... I'm yeah. assuming if we're going with big four, I'm assuming he's saying Halloween Nightmare... Friday Friday and then I guess Texas chainsaw Texas chainsaw although I feel like you could sell it in assume... child's play but I feel like mm. nah, yeah chainsaw would be more yes but it's not really a, I don't know I feel weird putting Texas chainsaw in the in the quote-unquote big four because it's not really a slasher movie
0: I agree with that but um
2: S- but I'm
0: fine typically I think when people yeah. are, are refer to the big four they're they're talking which is chainsaw just but I don't like love. comparing that to the other films because it doesn't uh, it's not the same to right, me. Exactly. Um
2: but we're going to play within the rules.
0: Uh, I mean cuz to me Texas Chainsaw on the whole I mean the the original film cuz he said best opener, right? right. I mean that, to me that film is transcendent. Right. I absolutely just have such great respect for that first film. Mm-hmm. Um then, Of course, you've got Halloween, who is yeah, like another uh, It's kind like of a film, right? Um, I really love, love the original Friday, and in the original Nightmares, is, is is a heavy hitter too. But mm-hmm. for me, it's Texas Chainsaw, okay?
2: Whoa,
3: yeah. Uh, I mean, it's one of those two, uh, or one of it's either Chainsaw or Halloween. Mm-hmm. I think for right. me, it's Halloween, I just adore that movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um but I think it's one of those two. I, I don't think... I think Elm Street is good. I don't think it hangs with Chainsaw I, and Halloween. I
0: agree.
2: I agree.
3: Uh, mostly because the ending. The ending's real bad.
2: Yeah.
3: And...
2: And we are... And uh, Jamie, I know... you uh, did, did you say your overall franchise? I mean, I know it's Friday, but...
0: Oh, yeah. Okay,
2: yeah. I figured that. Yeah. And they need to go without saying anything, but, you know. figure we should address that. Uh, Bo, your overall franchise...
3: Um, I, man, I'm not really a franchise guy. Oh, Push come to shove, of those, uh, probably Friday. Like Friday the Thirteenth has more entertaining movies overall.
2: Yeah, it's more. It's more consistent.
3: Yeah, but the highs in the other franchises are probably higher than
2: yeah. Friday.
3: It's just like every franchise has three good movies and a lot of shit. Right, and friday is a little bit better than most on that scale especially now that i've come to really embrace my love of uh, jason x
1: right
3: now that i've I've really gotten on board with the fact that i think that's one of the best friday the 13th movies because of how fucking stupid it is yes. i i i kind of adore it yes. and it's it, it really elevates the rest of the series as far <laughs> as
2: i'm concerned it's so good it really is
3: it really is
2: um, yeah, it's kind of tough. Cause like I said, I think I can see Jamie's point with uh, Texas chainsaw. Um, and I can also see bows with Halloween. I'm kind of torn between those two. Um, although I think I would lean more towards Halloween just because I don't consider Texas chainsaw a slasher. Um, and I, th- I think, I think I'm still more firmly a nightmare fan in theory um, because I think that that's a really cool franchise that has some interesting ideas in it. But I do think, but I'm also be the first one to admit, I think it gets fucking lost real quick. And I think uh, Friday, pretty consistently, is a much better franchise across the board. It's very, it's it's formulaic, but the formula works, and it's a very kind of it just it doesn't go too nuts until later on, and everything kind of just goes, and it's like, yep, you always kind of know what you're getting into with a Friday movie. And each one is distinct enough and has its own personality to be interesting, whereas the Nightmare movies kind of just derail after the third one, and Texas Chainsaw basically derails after the second one.
0: Well, you should know what you're getting into with a Friday film, and that's exactly why I think when something comes along and fucks it up, like Jason Goes to Hell, that makes it so bad, is because it just um, beers... So far away. It's so
2: dumb. It's so good. All it is right.
0: not it's
2: so good. <laughs> Creighton <and> Duke <laughs> is the best. Uh, okay. Um. Uh, oh, he says. Uh, Let's just assume that Universal Dark Universe continues on. Uh, who would you cast as the yet unannounced roles, title roles for Dracula, The Bride, and The Phantom, and whoever else hasn't been announced? But I don't know who all else hasn't been announced or was announced or not as of whenever that was still a thing that was going to happen. <laughs> I had surprisingly haven't heard a whole lot of anything about that, uh, dark universe since uh, the mummy came out. Nope.
3: Nope. Uh, all quiet on the dark universe front. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I think this is one of those things that will forever be something we will imagine. Um, I don't know that I don't, I, I guess it depends on what level of production these other babies are in. Maybe they're hoping, Bride's gonna because I, I heard it was Angel Angelina Jolie for Bride,
2: yeah. I'd heard that,
3: uh, which I i think is a great idea, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, the others who gives a shit, yeah. I'm not like, like I kinda... it, it's hard for me to muster enthusiasm about a project that I thought was dumb to begin with, yeah. And no matter who you cast in those roles you're still you're trying to make monster movies a thing they are not right which is this you know Interconnected universe of films, like the the Universal monsters are Universal monsters because of the company that made all these movies. Right. And when they showed up together, it was a comedy because, of course, it was.
2: Well, they showed up together in um. Well, they had the like House, House of Dracula
0: and House of Frankenstein. Right. And I mean, and... you didn't
2: need a whole lot of you didn't need, and this is, the, and I know I have made this fucking rant before. Like, you didn't need a whole bunch of bullshit expository dialogue to introduce it. It was just, hey. No, Fucking you just sort of, Dracula and it, well, as it a matter of fact, and... uh,
0: having <laughs> recently watched those, it was mm-hmm. they're very loosely, <laughs> they're very loosely put together, and and they didn't they didn't try real hard, but it, they were still charming and enjoyable because of that. Right. But I mean, really, it's just basically happenstance that kind of brings everybody together. And I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't think you re- it requires a whole lot of. Uh, of just like, and here's the reason everybody's together. I mean, you don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah.
2: It's like they're fucking monster movies. All the monsters live in the same universe. Okay, fine. I don't need you to give me the fucking Dr. Jekyll's fucking Avengers initiative or whatever the fuck, (laughs) you know, I don't need this dumb Van Helsing group over here in the background. No, just make a good monster movie and then make another good one. And then at some point you make a team up and then, you know, if anybody asks, Hey, why is Dracula fighting Frankenstein? The answer is fuck you, who cares?
3: Yeah, yeah. It like if you embrace the cornball nature of the premise,
1: right, yeah. Then
3: then fine, but you just can't be all somber and serious and
1: right. you know,
3: in your trailers for you know oh my god, Frankenstein's monster just showed up at Dracula's castle. Right. Like that would never <laughs> work
2: right that's super
3: and right and and so that's the thing is like i again i haven't seen the mummy yet i will at some point yeah
2: it's on blu-ray and shit
3: yeah it's like it's in my netflix queue at some point it'll show up and i'll watch it uh but i'm not i'm not in a hurry to though it looked like it took itself way too seriously um and and i think that That's the wrong tone. If you're going to create this interconnected series of movies where you're trying to make the the monsters, the heroes kind of, because why else would they be a cinematic universe? Right. Then how other than just
2: marketing? Yeah, it's just such a stupid idea. Yep. Like I said, burn it down, start over. Or don't do it. Just don't do it. Yeah, Just don't do it. Just have the, the fucking self restraint.
0: I, really I just really want a new creature movie. I mean, that's what I've been but begging do, for.
3: Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, you're getting that. Del Toro's giving it to you. It's called The Color I... of Water or whatever the fuck that yeah. movie's called. Well, that's, that's Shape true, of Water. Yeah. Shape of Water. Thank you. Yeah. I and, just, and, that's,
0: uh, that's all I care about. That's all I want is a new but, creature film. And I'm done. Yeah.
3: Well, yeah but uh, my idea all along, <laughs> and I will, I will repeat it because it's so good. <laughs> is that you you say we're yes we are going to have this interconnected not interconnected but we're going to have this stable of universal horror films Mm -hmm. where we take the great cinematic horror characters like dracula and invisible man and dr jekyll and all that stuff and we put them in the hands of a new generation of horror directors and we get their take on this classic material and that way you're constantly recycling the same shit but it, it gets a different flavor like you could do that once every 20 years and and be cool with it you know yeah. like it, like if it, it, they've remade jekyll and hyde so many times now then like hey if they put one out tomorrow and then 10 years from now did it again who gives a shit they've been doing that forever right you know uh so anyway i the the whole dark universe like making interconnect interconnected monster movies if you're going to do that then you're a Godzilla movie and you're going to be a kind of goofy film but that's okay like Kong Skull Island is kind of a dumb movie but oh my goodness is it a great
2: time
0: oh my (sighs) god I love that movie
2: so much yeah I mean I I mean there's an inherent dumbness to monster movies that's
3: part of the charm I I am 20 minutes away from finishing Shin Godzilla which I was watching right before we recorded Mm and yeah again that's a big dumb monster movie but i'm totally fine with that i'm well i actually i got i got a lot of problems with shane godzilla but they're 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 specific uh but but they're uh but the movie gets the tone right like it 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 takes itself seriously but when monster stuff happens it knows what you're there for you know okay uh so, anyway, but that's what those movies ought to be, and not, hey, we're going to make all the monster superheroes.
2: Right.
3: And that's what they're trying to do is apply the superhero template to the universal monsters. And it doesn't work because no. they're all anti heroes at best. Yeah. Most of them are just good old fashioned villains. Yeah. All right. Uh,
2: what is your all time favorite monster movie?
0: ha! <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Are we doing universal monsters? We talked about
2: Kaiju films? I think we're gonna go with all monster
3: movies. Yeah, just if there's a monster in it. Yeah. Rawhead Rex. (laughs) I I mean, that's not you're not wrong. I know, right?
0: I love Rawhead Rex.
3: I mean, does the thing
2: count? Yeah, technically it's a monster.
3: Yeah. All right, then obviously that would be mine, but I mean, shout out to the host. Fuck, that's a real good monster movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Uh Destroy all monsters. Yeah, is eh, for. I mean, that's part of the conversation for me. That's got Baby
2: Godzilla. Yeah. being adorable. Godzilla Final Wars. Hmm. Um. Fuck, the Blob. I mean, any I, shit. The Blob remake is awfully right? good. Yeah, like the Fly remake. Any, any yeah, of, any, those are monster movies. Yeah, so yeah, there's a lot of great monster movies. I don't know if I could really. Like, I mean, as a joke, I'm saying Rawhead Rex, but I mean, if I actually had to think about it, like
0: Beast Within,
2: yeah, like it's a super, <laughs> it's a super broad question. Um, but yeah, I think well, the it things... is. I mean,
0: because like you know, a werewolf is a monster, I right. guess. So, um, you've got the Howling American right. Werewolf in London, the Thing, creature from the Black Lagoon. I absolutely love right. Jaws. I mean, and it is a shark, but that's a monster shark. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Um. Uh, that is a I love a lot so um it's just a creature features creature features and monster monster movies have always been something that from way back in my childhood I was I gravitated toward so
2: yeah joke answer rawhead Rex, serious answer nightbreed and also I would like to say fuck you to whoever is releasing the cabal cut which is ridiculously limited get fucked you assholes 500 copies or some shit like that.
0: Get fucked, four eyes.
2: Yep, pretty much. Okay, um... John asks again, uh, will we ever get the much eh, the much-anticipated Lost After Dark 2?
3: Uh, I
2: mean, probably not. (laughs) Does, um, you, was there a setup for a sequel in the in the end of the movie? I don't remember. Yeah,
3: I mean, we left it open. Okay, and and I know you've uh, talked
2: about you were working on. Yeah, there's three. like.
3: Or yeah, what would a, be... yeah, 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 sorry. Right. Yeah, I mean the the there is there is the outline and most of a script for a sequel to that film, uh, which would be pretty bananas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so uh yeah but you know i mean it's one of those things of like it 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 made uh, a little bit of money but certainly not so much that everyone was like oh we have to do this again immediately right uh so yeah i don't know write your congressman maybe (laughs) um i guess who who would it be maybe um not Raven Banner, I don't think. Maybe I don't oh, know.
2: Yeah, they're the distributors. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, shoot them. Uh, shoot them uh, a, a, a
3: Twitter or something.
2: Yeah. Demand uh, Lost After Dark two.
3: Right. Tell Tell me you want to see it, and tell them that you want Cannibal Babies, uh, so that they don't cut that out because that would be awesome.
2: Yeah. All right.
0: I am always down for Cannibal Babies. Right? How could you not be?
3: little pack of skittering cannibal babies All yes
2: right. <laughs> oh my god okay uh final question uh which is your favorite stephen king novel and which adaptation is your favorite of his works
3: oh uh, yes. salem slot dead zone
2: okay uh are we is that book movie
3: yeah, that's uh, okay. Salem's Lot's my favorite book. That book scares me a whole whole lot. Okay. Uh, as as far as adaptations, Dead Zone is the perfect storm of incredibly faithful to a good book mm-hmm. and elevated by writer or by uh, star and director.
2: Yeah, and funny enough, that was actually Vanessa and I were uh, texting about that the other day. So we were talking about adaptations and how we how there's a distinction between certain... Oh, because she was watching um, Dark Half. And she's like, oh yeah, Romero directed this. I was like, oh yeah, right. And it was one of those things that, that I... F- there's certain Stephen King movies where it's a distinction between, oh, it's a Stephen King adaptation, and or, oh, it's this director. You know, like, when I think of Christine, I think of John Carpenter before I think of Stephen King. Same thing with Carrie. I think of De Palma. Whereas... Um... Interesting.
0: Uh, I always forget that Carpenter did Christine because I always think Stephen King when I think right. of Christine. But
2: like, uh, but you know, like uh, Dolores Claiborne. I don't. Or that, I think that. One, I think that one immediately. I'm like, oh, Stephen King did that. Or
0: Shawshank. Yeah, I don't even know who directed not, Dolores. Well, not Still,
2: Sha- not Shawshank. Like, um, that's um, But you know, like, like something like Dreamcatcher or Secret Window. Like, oh, right, Stephen King is the first thing I'm going to think of with those. Versus yeah. who directed it. Same thing with the uh, the original. It miniseries, I think Stephen King, before I think, um, what's this fuck, Tommy Lee yes, Wallace. I don't even know, I think. Oh,
0: that's right. I, when we were watched it the other night, I was like, I didn't even, I don't even know if I knew that, you yeah. know. So,
2: um, but, um, uh, Jamie, your favorite uh, novel and adaptation?
0: Ooh, novel's hard for me. Mm. But I love. <sighs> many different ones for different things right. like I love Gerald's game I love Dolores Claiborne but I also scare like they don't scare me I just think they're really good mm-hmm. scaring me I love Salem's Lot that was one of my go to's I've read that one numerous times um, so yeah, that's rough but that's also one of my favorite adaptations and is Salem's Lot mm-hmm. and Um Misery
2: Oh, that's a real good one.
0: Uh, misery was fucking good. Yeah, um, it is. yeah, that's my. That's probably my. Oh, <laughs> I don't know because there's a there's a lot of those good ones. There's a lot of good ones there too, but because yeah. I love The Shining, yeah. even though it's it it it, it yeah, and that's it's a, it's really Kubrick's film.
2: Right, versus, and that's. That's a Stephen one. King
0: adaptation, you know?
2: Yeah, that was another one that I po- pointed out as being like, I think of The Shining more as a Kubrick film than I, I think of that at first as Kubrick's than I do King's. Um, kind of thing. Um, I think book would be it. Like, it is honestly probably my favorite Stephen King novel. Um, I really like The Stand. I really like Carrie. Um, I really enjoyed. Um, Green Mile. There's a bunch of his novels I haven't actually read. I've read a bunch of his short story stuff. He does amazing short story work. Fucking fantastic stuff.
0: We're um, actually reading Gerald's Game right now. Oh, nice. Because uh, uh, that's one of my favorites, and I've been waiting for this adaptation to come out, and the fact that Flanagan is doing it just makes me pee. Um, and That's Brian, actually why I'm
2: interested in seeing, because I'm like, I have never read the book.
0: It's one of the few that, uh, yeah, it's one of the few that Brian never read. Um, so we're actually reading that one right now and I want to go back through and just start from the beginning and and go all the way back through because we've been going through a lot of his short story collections lately but we haven't dived into uh, the the novels yeah. until now so yeah there's a bunch of uh, his
2: early novels I'd like to get my hands on and read um, but I'm kind of I'm working on the goddamn dark tower right now so <laughs> and I, I fucking let me just say right now that this the book two opens fucking hysterically just I love that it, it spends all this it's time to kind of recap what just happened in the previous book, so we were caught up, and then Roland gets his fucking hand bit off by a goddamn lobster man.
3: The Lobstrosities. Yep. I'm just uh, like, wow.
2: Stephen King's just like, hey, Roland, fuck you. I'm like, damn, bro. It's like he just put, He's like, you just put him through all this shit in the first book, and now he not even not even 15 pages into the second fucking book, you're already fucking with him. So rude.
3: That's a real good book, though. Try the Three and Wolves of the Kaliboth. I think yeah. are
2: phenomenal. Oh, and by the way, fun fact: as we as we reviewed the book uh, on VD Clinic, surprisingly, there's a lot of parallels between Django and the Gunslinger.
1: Oh, hmm. like all it's, right. It's,
2: it's kind of weird. Like we we'll, we'll, we talk about it quite a bit on the episode, but uh, there's some interesting parallels that pop up, um, and. Again, when I was I started reading the second one, um, another parallel was uh, the hand thing. I mean, Janko doesn't have his hand bitten off by a Lobstrosity, but his hands get fucked up at the end of the movie. So I was like, "Hmm, that's interesting." Um, as far as the movie adaptations, shit, because uh, I really like I really like Christine. I really love The Shining. I really like Dead. Fuck, Dead sounds so good. Um... Yeah, movie adaptations are tough because there's. I've seen a bunch of them and I kind of like all, all most of the ones I've seen.
0: Yeah, Pet um, Cemetery I love Misery. I love yeah. Dolores Claiborne. Carrie. Uh, Carrie's good. Uh, Salem's Lot. Uh, the Shining. I mean, it, it got uh, it.
2: You know what? I'm gonna go with the kind of the least obvious one and go with Shawshank for favorite Monkey adaptation. adaptation. Um, Mon- he, did he? No wait, Did he do Monkey Shine? Did he write Monkey Shines? Oh.
0: You know. No no
3: no no no. No, it's a Romero movie. That's somehow
0: somehow I slipped into Romero there for a second and yeah. I don't know why. Just, well that well, because, because Skeleton
3: Crew oh. has has that cover with the monkey on it. Does it?
2: That's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the clapping it. monkey. Yeah. Oh right, 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 right. Okay. That's right. I remember that now. That's right. That's so weird. Anyway, um, so yeah, I would say Shawshank for movie adaptation because I fucking love that movie, and probably favorite I saw book.
1: That for the first
2: time.
0: What's up? Saw that for the first time a few months ago. What Shawshank? Yeah. Holy shit! Oh, that's what Brian said.
2: It's amazing, isn't it?
0: <laughs> it is incredible. Yeah. Oh god, it's, it's the so fucking good. greatest thing ever. So good.
2: The, the the short story is also really good too. Um, I've
0: read the story. Yeah. I I um I never. Never watched the oh, film, and right. I don't. I don't know why. It's not a purpose. It, it was not on purpose. No, it was yeah, just one just
2: of those things that kind of slipped by you. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I fucking love Shawshank. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, but yeah, so Shawshank and then book would be either carrier or it. But I think it probably is my number one favorite. Um, I mean, I've read The Stand like three or four times, but that book is so fucking long, and the hand of God at the end is so silly. Yeah, the literal yeah. hand of God coming down is real silly. <laughs> Stephen King can't write endings, folks. Or he can occasionally.
0: No, for the most part he can't. You're right. I mean he's sort sure of cut. like ah power of love. You know
2: <laughs> Hey, again, Salem's lot. That that <laughs> ends just fine. We we're gonna oh wait. I was like I was thinking back about the end of the, the, the it mini series where they just kind of push the shitty giant spider over and just punch it a lot. And yeah. I was like well, it's that's hard out. kind of what happens in the book, except it's there's, it's like that's exactly what happens in the book but there's also all kinds of weird psychedelic shit going on in the end of the book because of course there is because cocaine um <laughs> oh cocaine you gave us some truly amazing novels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the entire decade of the 80s yep anyways so that's it for and hmm?
0: killer truck movie
2: yes I, god damn it I need to watch maximum overdrive still we might just do that on the show at some point.
0: <laughs>
2: it's amazing. I don't,
0: need, I don't need a reason to watch that movie. <laughs> so. Okay. Wait,
2: uh, okay. Um, that's it for the news and Ask TTP. We're going to take a short Holy break. Holy shit. That know, time. Right? Um, we'll be right back to discuss Cherry Falls.
1: Coming <laughs> soon. Soon. A full moon. A spooky deserted mansion. Halloween
3: night. All right, dude! And it does. Oh, let's party. Ten kids. All they want to do is raise a little hell. Now, as long as they live,
1: they'll wonder what's gotten into them. Night of the Demons.
2: Blessed be the sinners, for the Day of Atonement is at hand.
1: Stop looking at me. Ah! 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 We're going to get out of here. We're going to get
3: out of here. Party till you drop.
1: And now, our feature presentation.
2: I remember the story like this it was a dark and scary night, kind of like tonight.
1: 25 years ago, a horrible crime was committed in the town of Cherry Falls. You haven't heard about Rod and Stacy? Did they break up? Break up! Wake up! They're dead.
2: What their parents hid in the past. Nobody has seen or heard of her for over 25 years. Mom,
1: you know anything about a woman named Laura Lee Sherman?
3: No. Why?
1: Is haunting the present.
3: Who is it? Is your mom home? No. She didn't tell you I was coming by. Four teenagers have been killed, a fifth viciously attacked. All victims appeared to be
2: virgins. Federalists so decided to take themselves off the endangered species list and have sex. I need to ask you a personal question about how far you've gone, base wise. Can you go further?
1: I you Tell me about Laura Lee Sherman. Tell me. That was 25 years ago. I think she goes all the way it. you gotta come come on this is my post I can't just split cherry falls
2: Did you want your first time to be something beautiful something romantic <laughs> this, 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 this. <laughs> cherry falls this was released in 2000 and the synopsis is in the small town of cherry falls a psychotic murderer is killing off the virgins of the local high school It was directed by Jeffrey Wright and written by Ken Seldon. Stars Brittany Murphy as Jody Markin. Jay Moore as Leonard... Um, what the fuck is that? Marleston. Uh Michael Bean as uh, Sheriff Brent Markin. Uh, Jesse Bradford as Rod, Rod Harper. Kenny Clark as Mark Markin. Uh, Amanda Anka as Deputy Mina. Joe Insko as um, Tom Seisler, Principal. Uh, Gabriel Mann is Kenny Ascot. Oh my god, I can't believe that was his name. Uh, Natalie Ramsey is Sandy. Douglas Spin is Mark, and Brie Blair is Stacy Twelfthman.
3: Stacey Twelfthman.
2: Yes. All Twelfthman. Right. Twelfth man.
0: Well, that synopsis is surely on the nose, isn't it?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's not a whole lot. I mean, there is there's a lot, there's there is stuff going on in this movie, but the plot is pretty basic. It's a slasher movie, for Christ's sake.
3: Yeah, it, it kind of has a, a, a little bit of a Gialli air to it as a lot of these kind of like a whodunits. Or, or, I'm sorry. Slashers kind of fall into two categories, one of which is the whodunit slasher. Right. Uh, you know, that is more the Gialli influenced one. Mm-hmm. And then you have your Crystal Lake slashers, as they're called <laughs> by me, uh, which are just like, hey, there's a monster killing a bunch of people. Oh, oh shit. Right um and and this is the former but um yeah you know i mean it's it's the look at bo
0: he's all now that he's a jelly fan he's all like oh just burp burp
3: burp burp you know hey i love it hey i'm trying to grow as a person i know uh, i'm
0: i'm just super excited that you are have opened yourself up to the wonderful world of you know Italian bloody cinema.
1: <laughs>
3: sure. sure. I, but see, I was always kind of bought in on the, uh, the zombie stuff, uh, like all the, all the over the top Fulci and, and Baba shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm getting a little more into, uh, uh, the, the more slashery stuff. Like, uh, I, you know, I watch. we're, we're going to talk about it next episode, but, um, got into watching the editor, now that I felt like I could appreciate, ah.
1: it. but hey,
3: hey, that's a movie for another time. The yes. the point I was going to make about Cherry Falls, though, is that it, it does follow that typical template of uh, there's a couple of teenagers murdered.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: We don't know who it is. Here's a bunch of suspects. Right, it could be kind of anybody. Well, and... they
2: also kind of establish pretty well the, at least who the. Theoretically, who the killer is, is established pretty early with the the, the legend. Yeah, and... Yeah, right, they, plant and,
0: that, they plant that seed as right. a, you know, it could be this person, you know, because we don't yeah, know.
3: But I, I also feel like if you've ever seen a movie before... Right.
0: Oh, well, absolutely. You know that's the one person it's <laughs> right.
3: not... You you know who the killer is real quick in this movie, yeah. Uh, And 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 so that's not terribly exciting. Uh, because the reveal is just like, yeah, right, of course he is. Uh, of course, yeah. Uh, and then
0: there are a couple of, of like red herrings they try to throw at you that uh, are just like, oh, really, come on. Right. Uh, like they do the whole thing where someone has that sinister look on their face when somebody else, like they're talking to someone, the other person walks away off screen, and then you're left with looking at the one person and they have that look on their face. It's like, it, it reminds me. And whenever anybody does this now, there was a, there was a beautiful sort of parody of it in scream where uh, that we get with, um, David, Arquette, where he's on the phone, uh, where the killer calls
2: and oh, he's on, yeah. he's like,
0: hello, you know, like, <laughs> like, and, uh, he arrived to the phone call late. So you're like, Hmm, you know, I mean, obviously, they were playing with that trope, and whenever I see anyone do it now, that's what it makes me think of. And, for instance, here, the deputy was a big one for me, because there was, like, a couple times there were conversations with her, and you're just like, really? It's <laughs> so obvious, but, you know.
3: Yeah, I one one of my All right. So here's my fucking problem with this movie. <laughs> Let's just get to the the bottom of this. Okay. Uh I like the the premise of this, which is kind of clever. It, it's it's the reversal of the typical slasher movie trip. Right. It is instead of the virgin is going to be the uh the final girl, the the survivor, like her her purity is what what keeps her f- from harm. Uh, in Cherry Falls, the whole gimmick is that the killer is targeting virgins, so you want to you know it's get fucked or die, kind of. And that's an interesting premise, you know. It it it's subversive. It's kind of fun. Um, it's certainly like I was hoping this movie because I'd never seen it before. We watched hmm. it for this show. Uh, I, I was really hoping it was going to explore what makes that concept interesting, which is the idea of female sexuality being like like the the act of being deflowered does not make you weak, that it actually is, is sort of the entry into adulthood. It makes girls into women, that kind of thing, that kind of shit. This movie ain't that smart, though. No, no, it's not. Um, but instead, like it's there's some
2: cherry falls for fuck's sake.
3: I know, but there's an interesting moment where you have like one of uh this blonde girl uh that is kind of like they're gonna have a party, right? That's the the end of this movie, is that right. they decide they're gonna have a big fuck party where anyone who's a virgin can get laid here so that in theory you are no longer under the the, the knife of the murderer, potentially. And so they they have a big fuck party, and in the lead up to that, there's uh, this blonde girl. Uh, I think she's a cheerleader, popular girl, whatever. She's not that big a character, and that was also frustrating because I was like, "Why is this character giving this speech when I don't even know who the fuck she is? Why isn't you know Brittany Murphy or a friend?" But anyway, um, so this girl gives this big speech about how sex is kind of disappointing the first time. And, uh, oh, just, is this
0: the little seminar that she's holding in the, in the courtyard or the,
3: right. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. You, <laughs> look, we don't have long enough for you girls to get on the pill. You obviously can't trust these guys to pull out. So you're going to need to get rubbers. And, you know, the girl saying like, well, what about, you know, clitoral va- or a vaginal orgasm? Like, forget it. Unless you're talking about masturbation, that's not on the table tonight, you know, and all that stuff was kind of clever and funny. Again, it was sort of reversing those gender roles of instead Mm. of all the guys sitting around talking about the girls are going to fuck in the cabin. It's all these girls talking about the guys are going to fucking hell kind of disappointing it's going to be. And, and those are the glimpses of the movie. I kind of wish this was, and too many times though, it just falls into the routine of, you know, being kind of a dumb slasher, like all this stuff with Michael bean and the secret. It's just like, of course, not. How is any of this surprising or interesting? The thing that's interesting is the premise, and you're not doing anything with that. Like, like I said, you get little crumbs uh, here and there of of what the movie could be doing with a little bit of social satire as well as a little bit of genre satire, hmm. and it just never gets there. You know, it, it's it's always kind of. Creeping around the edges of a fairly mediocre movie that has these little intimacies of of being something more interesting, I think.
2: All right. Fair enough. I'm
0: actually glad to hear you say that because I saw that I've seen this a couple of times before I watched it for the show. I saw it when it when it originally came out. And then uh, a few years back, I watched it again. And I remember being underwhelmed. By it, and I remember thinking when I watched it, when I was getting ready to watch it this time, I remember thinking, well, that interestingly, the buzz around it when it was coming out was how really good it was, because it was do it was taking this whole thing and spinning it on its head, and um, everyone was expecting a lot from it, and I kind of remembered the first time I watching it, really liking it, and then. I, and then I remembered the second time I watched it that I was a little underwhelmed by it, and that kind of surprised me because I wasn't expecting that. I was thinking, oh, I remembered it being better than this. Well, then when I watched it this time, I was like, ah, I just, I guess I was right the second time. Like I just didn't it. I mean, it's not like, like it was bad. And and to be honest, this is one of my the only performances that I like out of Brittany Murphy. Like I actually like her in this film, and I typically don't like her. And I mean. God rest her soul. I'm not, <laughs> I don't want to speak ill of the dead. I didn't have anything against her personally. I just didn't care for her as an actress. And this was the one of the few times that I think she, that I really liked her. So um, there were things about it that I did enjoy. And there were, I think some really fun moments, you know, at times here, but it just, mm-hmm. uh, I can't help, but when we get the reveal, like the actual Visual reveal, like when they they deem to show you what you already know, right. Um, it's silly to me. Like I can't look at this are we spoiling? Yeah, of course. okay. I can't look at Jay Moore <laughs> in this wig and dress. And take it seriously. I just can't because it it's like it doesn't look it doesn't have that creepy Norman Bates feel to it that just sort of that they were able to pull off in like psycho. Right. It, 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 but rather it just looks goofy to me, like he's wearing a Halloween costume or something and then he's all menacing and everything, but you know, let me brush my hair out of my face while I'm being menacing. And I'm like, it just that's it comes off as funny and I can't I can't help it. Now I do like how brutal it is that um you know that the that the secret the mm-hmm. um the past incident i like that that was something really dark yeah. and i like the fact that her dad actually ended up taking part more than we're led to believe in the beginning mm-hmm. and uh, that that's dark and the fact that, you know, his end was really dark. Like I, I do appreciate that they were willing to go as far as they did in certain aspects, but it's just when it all comes down to it, when we get this J Moore <laughs> reveal, I'm just like, oh, my God. Like it's just so funny to me. I can't help it. And then like the when when he goes to uh, – when. When uh, Michael Bean goes to the house, the 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 woman's house, and he finds the crib and the baby doll with the noose, and the and I'm like, it's just the set dressing there is so just comically over the top to me mm-hmm. that and and so cliche and um, I I don't just in your face that I'm like, God, come on, guys, you know, I mean, just. You could have done so much more with this, but it's just it, – it feels like they tried to go in with a deft hand and then um, – uh, I don't know, just couldn't control themselves and it would just be like, you know, like all, <laughs> all over the place. And it
3: <laughs> – <Well, laughs> that
0: disappoints me.
3: I mean I agree with everything you're saying, but also – you saying that it's dark and and the and the father really gets it like let's not pretend that this movie is an insanely toothless as a horror film like it's not it's not very bloody it's not very graphic
0: well no but All... you have to look at the time period yeah, and a... and who's in it 2000... brittany Moore, at this point you know these teen movies at this point you're not getting that and, yeah. and it's just that's just the that's just that's just the time period. Like, I, I think now you probably could, or even if it were in the 80s, you could have. Yeah. But at, when this was happening, this was as good as you were going to get.
3: Further proving the 2000s, uh, oh, yeah. our, our, our late 90s, early 2000s, one of the shittier periods for horror movies recently. And Yeah. Uh,
0: oh, oh, for sure. At least the most neutered period. I mean, it was, it was uh, very, I mean, you described it perfectly when you said toothless, because that's pretty much um that was pretty much it yeah but especially yeah. if you had big people attached to it you know or popular people at the time you're not it, it just wasn't uh, you
3: know they were yeah. all i mean was this that impressive a cast even well, for the really? time i
2: mean i mean not- as far as i know it never it didn't really even get an official u.s release for a long time
0: No, it didn't. And Um, no, I guess impressive is not a word, but Brittany Murphy was pretty popular for a while. There, I mean, she was, you know, she wasn't like A-list, but she was... I think
2: this was before her big breakout, though. Like, this was like 2000 this came out, so this was like before she started doing... Because she, she remember, she got kind of big in like 2002, maybe.
0: I don't don't know. know. I mean, I've seen her... I mean, maybe I just had seen her a lot, but maybe she wasn't like big yet. You know, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I guess... mean, she was in a lot of stuff. I just don't know when she, act- when it went, what actually pushed her over the top.
3: Um, I mean, I she'd already done that. bong water. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> like following this, she was in eight mile and sin city. Okay. And, yeah. Uh, You know, it was it. It was sort of post this, although they're You know, prior to this, she had also been in Girl Interrupted and Dropped It Gorgeous. So this is sort of her ascent. This is not necessarily one of the movies that contributed to that. But I also don't think she's very good in this. I know. I know you said that you like her in this, Jamie. I think her expression is always the same kind of open mouth confusion that she's in a movie.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, but this is one of the, but that's what I'm saying is that I'm not, that's not really all that much of a compliment because I don't, I don't care for her, but right.
3: This, right. This it,
0: is one of the few that I can stomach.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just constantly like if her expression had a voice, it would just always be,
0: huh? <laughs> yeah. You put her and Tara Reed in the room and the conversation just, Well, there isn't one. Right. (laughs) I don't know. What are we doing
3: here? I don't know. What are we doing here? I don't know. What are we doing here? I don't know. What are we doing here?
2: (laughs) Okay, well. Until one of them
3: dies early.
2: (laughs) Jesus Christ. So, Actually, I do enjoy this movie. I find it incredibly entertaining. Um, I, I, I understand your complaints, but I think the first time I saw this was years ago, and I had to find a bootleg copy of it because um, I'd been wanting to see it forever. And it was fine. I was a little disappointed because I was expecting more out of it. And then on subsequent viewings, it's just sort of like, it's fine for a early 2000 slasher with Jay Moore as the killer for some reason. And, you know, <laughs> it's and, just, and- I I, I, uncomfortably
3: I, I, stereotypical characters for today's age and right like there right. are so many asterisks that you have to put after this movie of right. like it's okay if dot it, dot, it, dot Yeah,
2: it, it's okay in the context of when it came out like it's fine like it's kind of like I find it very charming because it's like wow this is such a such a perfect example of the the late 90s early 2000s slasher movies that we were getting post scream
0: well, that's another thing to consider, too, is, is the time period that in which this came out. You know, Scream had been a few years earlier and it mm-hmm. did the whole, oh, we're aware of what we are and we're, you know, we're making that obvious. And so then you had that big uh, influx of. Of slasher films who mm-hmm. knew what they were so then this one comes along and they're like hey th- we know what we are too and we're going to take this angle on it and we're going to do the whole virgin thing which is a really like beau said a really good concept and yeah uh, you know i just wish they had actually done something more interesting with it but you know considering when it did come out and all of that, you know, it does fit nicely in with those. And it was a fresh take, uh, at, at the time. And I mean, I'm honestly, contextually, it's just not, there's not much more, I guess you could have expected.
2: Yeah. I, I I don't think it's a great movie by any stretch. I mean, it's very much a, you know, kind of a C list slasher movie and that's fine. like, it's one of those things where it's like I feel like, as a as a fan of slasher movies in general, like there's not a lot of there's not a whole lot of really really good you know modern ones, and there's mostly a bunch of crap. So it's like this one's not terrible, and it's kind of fucking funny. Like I can't help I I find the the end of the movie this movie fucking hysterical. Um, the but- scene where the where the the guy comes to Jay Moore's house and he's like, why are you wearing lipstick? Because it makes me feel pretty. I thought that was hysterical. I do
0: love that character, yeah, yeah, how he just busts in, you know, and he's like uh, gonna save the day, although, I don't like the. Fa- I mean, he he makes this weird turn because when we first meet him, he's all, "We're gonna have to break up because you
3: won't have sex with me." Right, right. and like, then the later on, inexplicably she... becomes an okay guy.
0: Right. I mean, and then because because uh, then the next time we see him, she's trying to seduce him, and he's all like, "No, uh, this doesn't feel right. Like I, uh, like uh, you know." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, "What are you talking about? Thirty <laughs> minutes ago." you were going to break up with her because she wouldn't fuck you. Now she's like pouring herself all over you and you're like, Oh, this doesn't feel right. I like what the, what this is, this, it makes no sense. You know? And then by the end of the film, you actually like the guy, which I mean, I do anyway, but then I have to, but then as I'm like the the moment I'm in the moment, liking him, I'm thinking, why am I liking this guy? Because just a little while ago he was a big douchebag. (laughs) So it's weird.
2: Yeah, the, the the movie is not like I said. It's not very good. There was a lot of issues with the like as far as characters. Like the boyfriend, in, he pops in and out when the script needs him to show up in a scene, and then that's about it. And like he he's yeah he like he breaks up with her, and then he's with some like hot blonde girl for a while, and then I think then she gets killed. I don't remember. They yeah, like, there's a whole lot of yeah there's not like a whole lot of deaths in those movies so I don't remember every everyone who ended up dead um although I did kind of appreciate the the giant shark model taking out Jay Moore in the uh uh-huh. his big chase scene see that's why I love this movie cuz it's fucking dumb yeah it's like, as, like as, I by that point like that's about eh, it's about halfway through the movie or so um because you know by that point the the cops are telling them that they figured out what's the the uh, the mo of the killer and they're gonna tell the parents and then Brittany Murphy gets chased after a meeting with up uh, with the the teacher and then the giant shark model knocks him over because she cuts it off I do like that
0: chase scene I think that's yeah. a fun chase scene you know oh, yeah. she's climbing along the top of the shelves throwing shit at him you know and I'm yeah. like Good. this was the time period when women in in, in slasher films were really fighting back and yeah. a lot of times even the ones who ended up dying,
2: um, they still put up a hell of a fight.
0: Like Sarah Michelle Gellar in Scream Two, mm-hmm. you know, she put up one fucking hell of a fight. Ended up getting killed anyway, but I like the fact that they didn't just get snuck up on and and just stabbed in the stomach yeah. and they're dead, you know, because that's kind of boring. But I yeah. I like the fact that they were giving them a little some teeth. Uh, there's one scene I want to ask you guys about, and mm. I, this baffles the fuck out of me, and I I don't get the purpose of it, so I'm, I'm <sighs> clearly missing something or something but okay there is a scene where michael bean is teaching his daughter Brit- the brittany murphy character how to th- th- like how to do throws like how to to if someone's attacking her how to defend herself basically right. he's teaching her self defense
3: right and and then, then it gets creepy yes at
0: one point yeah he falls on top of her and there's this beat where it's like you ex- it's like in any other movie you would expect him to almost kiss and then the phone rings and i'm like whoa why are we getting this creepy vibe from her father because this is not a thing it's not a plot point it's not something that he i mean there is no incestuous thing here that right. i can see what is the point of that did you guys see it i mean you know what i'm talking about right yeah
2: I mean, yeah i i f- feel like it might just been they let the scene run a little too like that could have been an easy fix in editing just to tighten that up or something you don't say
0: you don't feel like it was on purpose because i just felt like it was creepy on purpose and i don't get it like i don't know why
3: yeah again this it it feels like it belongs in a, a somewhat better movie that's dealing more explicitly with like how how young girls are sexualized and that kind of thing. Are
2: we gonna have to go on a on a search for the 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 history of this fucking movie to figure out where where the drafts diverged?
3: Well, and I don't know that if there was ever like some especially good draft
2: of it because <laughs> I
3: like it, it's one well, of those things I mean. where out. maybe so maybe so maybe maybe this requires uh I I would like to know I would like to hear the director and writer explain what it was. Like, I understand that this movie lives in the shadow of scream. It's trying to be that kind of movie. Mm -hmm. Was it just too dumb from jump to, to make that leap into true quality or, or was it like a studio thing where it was like, Oh, we want to tone this down and we want to change this. or or whatever I I don't know like the movie feels like it's of two minds it wants to be a big dumb slasher movie but it also wants to have this social criticism and it just never comes together in a way that feels natural or even necessarily clear what the movie is trying to say about virginity and and the power of women because ultimately it's the dude who comes and saves her which is stupid (laughs) You know, it's uh, yeah. I I don't know. I, man. this movie like, really yeah, sc- I, makes me scratch my head.
2: Yeah, it seems like they just kind of went with let's invert the slasher. Was this? I that might be as right. far as they thought.
3: Right. And but without understanding what about inverting the slasher?
2: Right makes it they, interesting. Right. They just or, said, hey, let's let's do that, and then let's take the, you know, the the, the the let's take the little other bits from other slasher movies, like the you know the. The sins of the father on the kids sort of thing from Nightmare on Elm Street and the half-brother thing, which I think showed up in Scream 3, I want to say, which also came out in 2000. No, it was 2001. I don't remember when the stupid fucking movie came out. But it was her oh. brother, her half-brother in the third one.
0: Is it, could it have been a clumsy, mm-hmm. the whole, I'm going back to the whole, oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. moment thing, because I can't, I just, I can't. It it bothers me, but could that have been some sort of clumsy attempt to make us dislike his character before we find out why we should dislike his character?
3: That makes some sense to me, but also... Again, it's just so hard to tell cuz nothing in this movie is done well enough for you to tell if it like yeah. is this an accident or did you mean for this to be the, this uncomfortable moment
2: or yeah. I don't think the director has done a whole lot else.
1: See, even
0: then I don't really ha- I mean uh it's it's so weird. It's so conflicting to me. I don't feel like there's a clear definition of who these people really are, or who uh, how you're supposed to feel about them. Because, like I said, with the boyfriend, you know, he starts out one way and then he ends up another way inexplicably. He's a you know it, he does this weird change and, and it doesn't make any sense. With the father, I even though he has this horrible thing that he did in his past, he's clearly, he clearly regrets it. And I, I believe that I feel that when he's just like, I know what I was doing, you know, and all of that. Um, like I, I believe him and I don't hate him. Uh, I, I feel like, I feel like I'm supposed to, or, but that's, well, I guess that's the thing. I'm not sure what they intended. I can't tell if they intended for me to really dislike this guy or for me to allow him to redeem himself. In my eyes, whether right. you know that we had this whole creepy moment earlier, is that supposed to make me hate him? I I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to say. I'm like, but you know, speak clearly. I don't understand you, movie. I guess is I, what I'm
1: trying to say.
2: I'm I'm it's going a, out on a limb here. I think uh, this movie may not be very good. No, well, yeah, yeah. I I'm willing to agree with that because I want to point out at the ending, they cover up what actually happened. Again, yes. Like what? Right.
3: Again, in a better movie, that feels like it would have been like a significant statement about, you know, the, sic- the cyclical nature of keeping a secret about sexual violence. Right. You know, something something a little enlightening or at least informative or to show that there was some repercussion to doing so. Just something. Yeah, and, and instead, it's just like, yeah, they're going to cover it up and they share the secret smile. And it's like, okay, well, are you just going to end up like your mom being a lady who's, you know, drinking cooking sherry in the middle of the day to get off, which, by the way, sexy.
2: <laughs> oh, Lord. So, yeah, this was real dumb, but I kind of love it.
0: Yeah, mean, I mean- it. It was entertaining to watch. I'm not going to take that away from it. I, I just feel like they wanted to be, I feel like they had the idea that they were doing more than they actually ended up doing.
2: Maybe, I, I think there's there was a good there. I think somewhere along the lines there was a good idea here, mm-hmm. and then it just didn't quite come together for whatever reason.
0: I agree. Um, Maybe it's just a good old fashioned case of hey, I've got this idea. You know how virgins, and then that's as far as it got, yeah. and then they didn't know what to do with yeah. it. They just like sort was, of tried to build a movie around that idea.
2: It, like I said, it could literally have just been hey, let's invert the slasher movie. That you know. Scream did a Scream did a good job being self aware. Let's be self aware by inverting the slasher movie tropes altogether. But didn't yeah. actually have the chops to That rate, seems so. to
0: be a popular thing that the kids are doing these days. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh all right. Uh Bo. Yes. You're great, sir. Uh
3: I I think it's a C minus. Mm-hmm. I that feels right to me.
1: Alright.
2: Jamie
0: I was actually going to say C so just like just straight down the middle C alright
2: I'm actually going to give it a C plus because like I said I kind of love it for how dumb it is um and yeah so that's it for Cherry Falls we will be right back to close out the show an evil dead TV show no way Negan is coming to the walking dead that's awesome
0: Don't you guys think a werewolf series is long overdue?
2: Oh, hello there. Are you looking for coverage of horror on the small screen that you can't find on any other podcast? Then welcome to Evil Episodes Podcast, where we take an in-depth look at horror around the dial, covering everything from today's hits like The Walking Dead, American Horror Story, and The Strain.
0: As well as looking back into the TV horror vault to discuss anthologies like Tales from the Crypt, Monsters, Masters of Horror. Yeah, but do any of those shows have werewolves in them?
2: What movies will become a TV series next?
0: Just how many more seasons will every CW show get? Why will not they put some damn werewolves on TV?
2: Tune in to Evil Episodes Podcast for all your horror on television needs and more.
0: I need werewolves. Hey, did I
3: mention how Lovecraftian all this actually is?
2: So thank you everyone for listening to Divide the Podcast. Um, This episode was super fun. And next episode we will be doing Night of the Demons with Mike Merriman.
0: Oh, he's going to be so happy.
2: Yep. And right? I assume this is the remake starring you Edward can Furlong. Get fucked if you think we're gonna watch that piece of shit. Yeah. Alright. It's a Halloween episode. It's supposed to be fun.
3: Yeah, that's true. That is <laughs> What yeah, what that Night of the Demons remake is like Ah, oh, I feel so bad for watching these people do these things. Right. I really
2: uh,
0: don't hate it. I'm like that one of I don't, the only people that, that, but I don't
2: hate it. It was just a bad movie. Like not even like, uh-huh. I, I wasn't angry about it being like a night of the demons remake. It was just like, this is a real bad movie. And Eddie Furlong got real fat.
3: Yeah. He's, he's got the <laughs> whiskey paunch to him and the <laughs> circles under, like he has made the, the, the move to where he just looks like Daryl Dixon from Walking Dead now.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, my yeah. God, you're right. Yeah.
3: Uh-huh. And Daryl
0: has packed on the pounds to be living in the, you know, post-apocalyptic
3: zombie world. Yeah, he's been kind of high on the hog, zombie-wise, for a while.
0: <laughs> um, Yeah, Ed, this is like that period of time where Furlong was wearing flannel shirts and everything he did. It was <laughs> like, he just... <laughs> There's right. this roly-poly flannel shirt wearing dude.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I think they call that the Seagal now where it's just like yeah. I'm going to wear inc- increasingly larger and darker garments.
0: Well, pretty soon he's going to be he's going to be heading into the Ah, oh, crap. I had it and messed up my joke. Um Island of Doctor Moreau, you know, could have been a contender. Um,
3: yeah. Brando
0: Brando, thank you. God damn it.
3: One of the finest actors that has ever know, been put know, on film.
0: I know. I know. Anyway, pretty soon he's gonna be uh, heading into Brando territory wearing mumus everywhere is what I was yeah, going to no, say, but I fucked it up.
3: You are probably
2: right though.
3: <laughs> Which, uh, you know, I for one am looking forward to seeing. Although, like, you won't see him because no one's gonna cast him. Um, did, you you ever,
0: did you ever think though how awesome it would be just to wear Moo all time I don't know if guys understand that Like I, I don't know because you probably have never worn anything like that but sometimes it's nice just to wear like one flowy thing and nothing else and you don't have the constrictions of clothes and z- buttons and zippers and stuff it's just...
3: go
2: on <laughs>
0: Like on days when you just are going to walk around in a nightgown, you know, like, I don't know. I have those days on occasion and it's like, oh,
3: that's nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what the fuck.
3: <laughs> Am I right, ladies?
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that, oh that's why this show is so popular is that right? it crosses the gender lines. <laughs> like, um, you know, because how often are you like, I was listening to this podcast the other day and finally somebody was talking about how nice it is just to be in a nightgown all day. <laughs> You don't get that from other podcasts, and that's what makes this one special. Yep.
2: Oh, shit. All right. So, yeah, I got nothing else. All right.
3: Uh, hey, check out yes. Everyone, everybody.
2: New episode of we VD Clinic that. will be out, or, or the Halloween episode of VD Clinic will be out probably by the time you're hearing this. Oh, no. This is September's episode. Well, yeah, it's been October, but whatever. Scheduling. September. Yeah, scheduling. I don't understand how that should
3: October works. the 2011th.
2: Oh, Twin Peaks season three is coming to Blu ray in December.
3: Yep, and the book's coming out pretty soon. We are. Uh, uh... I'm not
2: worried about the book right now. I just need. The, oh, yeah, you need I to need, read the book. I need the show. I need, I need to see it. And then I'll read the book. Books. Oh,
3: it's been so good. It's good. God damn, that show is amazing. It fair. may be it, it. It's probably the. I haven't finished it yet because we've been we've been you know piecemealing the episodes right. of season three. We only watch two at a time. Right. And uh, so I've got eight episodes left, and it's the best ten episodes of anything I've ever seen. Wow. But again, this comes with a lot of asterisks of. Hey, did you like Twin Peaks? Hey, did you also like Firewalk with me? Hey, did you happen to read Secret History of Twin Peaks? Hey, would you like to see what David Lynch, uh, his subconscious, has been up to for about the past 10 years? You're going to love this. This is the show for you.
2: All right, good to know. And I will probably have to read, I will get those books to read before I get to actually watching the show so I know what the fuck's going on.
3: Yeah, uh, get the audio versions. Uh, the the secret history is great as like just something you're listening to mm-hmm. um, in the in the background as you're doing other stuff. It, it, that it's fantastic.
2: Okay, cool. All right. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. I don't think we have any, anything else. Yeah, anything else we need to plug? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, upcoming appearances, etc., cetera. Et cetera.
0: Well, I'm going to be on VD Clinic.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jamie will will be on the uh, Halloween episode.
1: <laughs> Yay!
2: Yay! And Bo I do have oh
0: form. man, I've got something exciting that I can't talk about yet. Bonos.
3: I do know, and it is exciting. And uh, but yeah, yeah, I think uh, oh, I was almost going to say like oh, I think so and so was will announce it later, but. I don't know that I'm allowed to say.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly don't. I don't know if I'm allowed to, how much I'm allowed to say. But anyway, there's something, I think, very exciting coming up. So, um, that that's something. Cool. Oh, we can? Oh, okay. Well, um, I guess we can mention it. Never mind. <laughs> so, uh, we have a new show coming out Um, that is a specifically... Uh, and this is why Bo knows about it already, because he is a uh, head honcho. Um, it is specifically an 80s show, and not horror. I mean, I'm, mm. horror will come up, but um, it is all things 80s. Music, movies, clothes, uh, whatever. I mean, just basically, um, this came out of the brain of Ricky Morgan. <laughs> and. Of um and, uh, it's called dude looks like the eighties and, oh, yeah. uh, yeah. And so he approached me and asked if we'd like to be involved. And I was like, hell yeah, I would. So, um, it's going to be Ricky and Brian and myself and also Billy Stewart of the scary dad podcast. Yeah. So, um, which is a cool podcast. If you've never listened to that, I recommend that, mm-hmm. um, Anyway, this is uh, going to be coming out pretty soon, and I'm really excited about it. It's uh, it's we've already been working on it, and <laughs> it's really fun. And if you know anything about Ricky and the way he puts a show together, um, you know he's big on clip, like audio clips, and right. and um. And things like that, and which really, for a show like this, just enhances it and makes it that much more exciting. I mean, I've I've heard a preview of the first episode, and it just, uh, I I just have a big stupid grin on my face the whole time. So, uh, if you were a fan of the '80s or a child of the '80s, and you and you appreciate nostalgia and stuff like that, then I think that's something that you should uh, definitely check out because it'll be fun.
2: Okay, cool. All right, so that's it for this episode. Uh, we're going to get the hell out of here, and we'll see you guys uh, in October. Say goodnight, Yay! Jamie. night, Jamie. Say goodbye, Bo. Goodbye, Bo. Bye, everybody.
0: <laughs> if you wish to contact Devour the Podcast, you can reach us by email at CenobiteDave, that's C-E-N-O-B-I-T-E, d-a-v-e at gmail.com or maven1974 at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at ddelamorte, d-d-e-l-l-a-m-o-r-t-e, or maven1974. To visit the site, go to devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. And now you can leave a message on our fancy new voicemail at 760
2: title of a good scare, good scare, good scare, good scare.
1: I love those scary movies. Don't you play the movies, the movies. movies don't make psychos, the movies make psychos. I love it when you walk down the hall when it's eight at night. And the people start to disappear. I love it when you can't hear a sound.